Philippines, bro. Yeah, because it's not Mexican Independence Day like everybody says it is. It's know? not. Well, in a way it is because the French were like, yo, what's good, bro? And then Mexico was like, nah. And then Mexico stayed in Mexico. But then, yeah. but then, like a few months later, the French came back with like forty thousand troops instead of four thousand, and then they took over all of Mexico and shit like that. Damn, that's sad. Yeah, bro. That's, man. that's why I don't like the French, the Spanish, all the European. Nah, I'm just kidding, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. How you guys doing, man? I, I'm, it's been a minute since I've done an episode, so I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, today we are at Garage Mac Studios. This is the new edition of Roger That. We're gonna uh, shoot in here. So if you guys you guys are already familiar with this spot because Garage Mike happens here and the High Tonight Show, which you can catch live every Saturday at nine p.m. right here. Yep. It's uh we're. It looks nice because you guys are like looking at this direction, but in reality we're like in front of the food for less. <laughs> right, we're in the alley behind food for less. We're in the alley behind food for less. We're staring directly into the beautifulness of the alley at food for less. This is what you call the come up, ladies and gentlemen. The come up. So these are two of my goons, man. Uh, Niles Abson started Channel 310, and he has a fucking dope-ass cartoon that he's going to tell you all about right now. Uh, yeah, it's called Planet Black. Please go check that out, man. We we need as many views as we can get. I'm trying to I'm trying to get Seth Rogen to see this shit. But it's a stoner comedy about a black dude who's abducted by a bunch of space aliens to come sell weed in space to save their planet because they're uh, failing economically. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so check it out. It's called Planet Black. I, I voiced the main character. I got a lot of other comedians in it, too. Roger plays Roger in the cartoon. Go check Hell it out. Yeah. It's a really it's a cool project. What I really like about uh, Planet Black is the origin of the whole idea behind Planet Black. Yeah, it's crazy. I was homeless. I was homeless for about a year when I was twenty. When I was between twenty one and twenty two, and I was smoking a bunch of weed one day, and uh, I was really high. And I told a friend, like, we were talking about. I'm from Mississippi, so we were talking about Mississippi and like weed laws and everything. And uh, I had, and uh, I know a bunch of people with weed charges, and I was saying how like. The only safe place, only safe place for a black dude to smoke weed is in space, and so yeah, we were just like, yo, that'd be a hilarious idea, and so that's how Planet Black was born. And so I used to sleep outside the Planet Fitness, so I saw Whoa. Planet, so I saw the Planet on the sign. I was like, yo, Planet Black, and then I just <laughs> I just started writing it, bro. And then uh, Eric Albanante, we wrote the pilot together. And now we got it, you know. It came together beautifully, man. I can't. I think that's a new part that I haven't heard of the Planet Fitness that. Mm-hmm. That's where some of the inspiration came from. Oh yeah, Planet Fitness is the shit, bro. Out here in LA, bro. Yeah, I still got a membership, and I don't even <laughs> don't even go. You have a membership? <laughs> yeah, bro. Because I used to take a shower there when I was homeless. Bro, I've known Niles for a, a cool minute now, and never in my life has he ever posted a story or ever mentioned that he's been in a Planet Fitness. I go every now and then. Damn, bro. I thought you were saying like fit was just genetics. It is. It's uh, it's a lot of. I call it back pay, bro. Because like from literally from like the age of five to. 20, I was working out like a professional athlete because I ran track in college. Woo. So it's like every I'm kind of like going off of, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm on house money right now, you know? So it's cool. That's what's up, I bro. I feel like by the I age feel- of 30, I'm going to have to start working out, though. Like, it's going to catch up to me eventually. Honestly, it, it would have caught up to you now if you well, ate like, like me and Darren, which is like savages, um, bro. I, I eat really bad, but the thing is, I only eat like once a day, though. And I drink a lot, but I still have a six-pack. It's weird. Sweet bro, it's bad. I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> I feel like this all gonna catch up to me one day, and I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna wake up and I'm like 332 pounds, <laughs> like some nutty professor shit. Bro, I woke up and I was 170. I was like, man, all I see is gut. What the fuck? <laughs> is gut. Like I just be kicking it without my t-shirt, like just slouch on my sofa, and I look down and I'd be like, oh my god, 
Who who is this? That's hilarious. When you gain so much weight, you just feel like, man, it's it's a motherfucker, bro. I gained like fucking thirty pounds when I was twenty, like around the time you thought about playing a black, mm-hmm. and then I lost that shit, and then I started drinking again after the New Year's, after three years of not drinking, and I drank thirty pounds on, bro. Wow, drank thirty pounds. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a good God, Roger. <laughs> I know. I was, God damn. From literally January to like March, it's like every month I put on ten pounds of beer gut, and then it's not until like April where I was like, "Man, I'm a piece of shit," <laughs> and then started losing a lot of weight, bro. <laughs> You can see, like, my weight loss progression in all the videos the homie Darren has taken of me while we do the expressions mic at Cal State Northridge. Because, yeah. like, homie, homie is a great cinematographer. He'll record me, like, a month ago. You can see me full cheeks. Three weeks ago, I'm starting to lean out. And then uh, right now, I feel like, you know. <laughs> he on his Victoria's Secret model shit right now. Yeah, bro. I'm trying to get sponsored by Calvin Klein, bro. I'm trying to get, like, underwear for all the my... Calvin sp- Klein underwear? Yeah, bro. What if I do get sponsored by them? You get a pack. You get a pack. We get some of their t-shirts, too, bro. Dope as fuck. Talk about talk about the expressions, Mike, man. Because every time y'all had it, I was out of town in New York. Yo, talk about that shit. Yo, the CSUN expressions, Mike, is well. You know what, Darren, talk about that. Yeah, man. talk about that, bro. Darren's the one that put me onto these mics, so please let him know what's up. Yeah, CSUN expression mic. One of the first mics I've ever done in my life is what um, gave me the confidence to pursue the stand-up comedy dream that I have in mind right now. And what 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 year did you do the first expressions mic? Which was your first mic? Twenty thirteen. Wow. Yeah, six ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, they're pretty cool. They cater food at every expression mic. So if you're hungry, like we always are, <laughs> hey, so you get a spot and food. Yeah. Damn, I'm mad I missed that. Catered shit. food, bro. Huh. Ain't no cafeteria bullshit around here. Right. I ain't never been in no open mic where they give you food. They barely let you get up. <laughs> open mics in LA. Not only you got to buy a drink. And then the audience usually is just a bunch of other people who are sour that they had to buy a drink and just want to do their time. Yeah. But at the Expressions Open Mic at CSUN, literally me and Darren have been the only comedians out of like 15 wow. performers. That's fire, bro. So like when y'all get up there, it's like something new. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man. It's like a fucking great experience, breath- bro. Like y'all are like a breath of fresh air for them. Yeah, Whereas definitely. like at a regular comedy open mic... It's all comedians all the time, so you're just like, uh, more half-written jokes, yay, you know? But that's dope that y'all got to do that, bro. It's amazing. Shout out to Cal State Northridge. Shout out to Cal State Northridge. Shouts out to Cal State Northridge, man. I'm surviving because of Cal State Northridge right now. Hey, let them know, bro. Yeah, right now I got this thing where I crash a bunch of seminars. It doesn't matter what major the seminar is a part of. I just go in and just learn a bunch of stuff. It could be accounting. It could be engineering. It could be management. Biochemistry, nursing, <laughs> finance, yeah, and I just listen and I just, I really, at the end of the day, I started using it to have more of a substance when I write the characters that I write for my um, screen plays and my theatrical plays. Oh, that's dope. They mm-hmm. give me like Take actual knowledge, yeah. yeah, like let me know like what it takes to be an accountant, mm-hmm. what is the life of an accountant. What it takes to be a biochemistry engineer yep. and the different type of like diseases that's out there and how they prevent the diseases. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
I, I've been writing about stage five herpes. Stage five herpes. I think it's level five herpes. Yeah, Whoa, level five herpes. I, I never heard there's of any. Le- there's levels to herpes. That's yeah, what I was like, gonna say. There's levels. Yeah, I just thought I just thought herpes was just bad. Nah, <laughs> that, those are those are like oral herpes. There's general herpes, and then there's level. There's herpes. You can be born with herpes. Are there, are there you can be born with herpes. Are there, are there mental herpes? Is that, that a thing? Is that because your mama's a hoe? Is that because their mamas are hoes? That's why they were born with herpes. <laughs> no, I think it's like chemically like. It goes with the chemicals. Normally, it's uh, if a certain village gets exposed to like certain like bacteria, because uh, certain big companies are polluting like either their water system or the yeah. soil and stuff yeah. like that, and then everyone's eating it, and then it just transmits to like the babies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Damn, that reminds me of like fucking what they're doing in China a bunch, where like they have a bunch of factories that have literally like polluted all the rivers of these small towns, and now the now the people can't even like eat from the small towns now because the river's so polluted. They can't eat from their natural resources because the river from apple or whatever. That's crazy. When I was in China, I remember hearing about that. If, I so I can, about I'm imagining right now, there's probably like a bunch of little Chinese kids that were born with like mouth herpes. Because <laughs> <laughs> all, 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 all due to apple too, bro. Yeah, they 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 work with a lot of um, messed up chemicals in those uh, areas shops. That they everything that we have on is basically made in China. Probably this yeah. is made in China. Isn't it crazy? I like these sure big, it's made in China. Isn't it crazy? I like these big companies go to these countries and just do not care about the people, and they just but they make all this money off of them. It's it's the craziest thing in the world to me. What's crazy is that the own pe- the people the government of those people the Chinese let government it, they let it happen. They're like, oh yeah, come come with all your fucking technology because then we're gonna steal it. Yeah, and then we're gonna do the exact same thing because. Right now, this is an iPhone in China, bro. It's basically the same thing. China's the G right now. They're just stealing, like, a bunch of, like, ideas, and they're like, all right, we're just going to make it ours, bro. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that is crazy, though, because they just allow that to come over there, and they do it every time. It's same. Because, like, when you think about it, the people that run the government and their children aren't going to be affected by the environmental issues that these companies bring over. That's like I always say, like, out here in America... The reason why like public school educa- education never gets the proper funding is because the people that make the rules and make the laws, kid, they their kids don't have to go to public school. So why do they care? So that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you just made where public school, everybody had to go to public school, oh, it get funded in a hot minute. No rich person would let their kid go to a shitty school. So like mm-hmm. you have all these bad schools out here just because they don't care because their kids don't go. So that's the same thing in China. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll sacrifice the environment because we don't have to go through it. Like, it's really fucked up, man. You start to notice that the 1% really doesn't care about the rest of no. the population, which is the majority of us. Which is which is weird to me because you need poor people to work for you. Yeah. So wouldn't you want us to be healthy? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want us to be able to live longer? But I guess they just they didn't think that through. No, or they uh, just don't care. I, I read in uh, 1984, uh, George Orwell's, mm-hmm. which was written in 1949. He is a great writer. Great writer. He explicitly says on there that they do not want us to be comfortable because once we're more comfortable and once we have more time for ourselves we'll be able to read books and educate ourselves educate our whole communities find out how much we're being fucked by the one percent revolt then the one percent is like oh man now we got a bunch of highly intelligent enlightened people yeah they don't want a bunch of smart people they want like they want artists to be intelligent and all that and that's it 
like they don't we want make entertainment though. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're cool with our subsect of group of people to be enlightened in that kind of thing because it's like oh well, they make us entertainment and, and mm-hmm. then like eventually when you go down the rabbit hole, artists we make these one percenters money because they so own these rich. companies, dude. Like I was looking because like I don't know if you know about how like uh, the whole like writer agency thing that's going on right now. Um, a lot of writers in the WGA are firing their agents because the agencies are doing this thing where basically they're doing these packaging fees where they're making more money off these TV shows than the person that actually put the work in to create them. Whoa. Yeah. So, like, let's, like CAA is a big agency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, like, you, you sell, let's say you make Roger that into a TV show, you sell it to CAA. What they'll do is they're like, okay, cool. We're going to assign you, and then we're going to... Everybody in the cast that we're going to put on the show is also a member, is, is also uh, signed by CAA. So they kind of, like, put everybody together so they can make all this money, and they send a package to the network. Oh. And so they end up making more money on the back end than the person that actually created the show. So now there's this whole big rift now. So I was wondering, like, oh. why would they do these to... Why would they do this to writers? Because as writers, we're the most important part of the process because we create the thing. We basically create jobs when we make a TV show. But I found out these agencies like CAA and WME and all these places, they're owned by like these big investment companies and these bankers and like these really rich people. So when you think about it, if these really rich people own these agencies, they have nothing to do with art. They don't care about artists. They're trying to make more money. So it makes sense why the agencies would think, hey, how, what are ways we can make more money? So you have to look at the paper trail and like everything. I didn't know Mm -hmm. like these bankers and investment companies owned agencies. Like that's crazy when you think about it. And they make everything happen because everybody has an agent, you know. That's amazing. I didn't even know that. Cause I didn't I, know it until like a week bra- ago. In my brain, I'd always be like, if you knew the guy from CEA, like the head of CEA, he'd be the one to be like, yo, let's run this shit, right? It's and really to not an, even and him. To an extent, it, it is, but to the majority, it's up to the people that own the whole company, mm-hmm. which are these super wealthy bankers yep. that are... Fucking honestly, in the Panama Papers that came out a year ago, that got really fucking buried. It showed that nobody these, cared about no, that, bro. People were talking about nobody was caring. There was hundreds of journalists fucking uh, investigating how Apple, how all these big companies are actually do two hundred and fifty like million dollars each in taxes that they've gotten away with. Man, you know what I you, you know, know what I could do with two hundred fifty million dollars. You know what we could have done to all of America with two hundred fifty million dollars that we didn't get from Apple. That's like fifty million two elevens. We'd be drunk as hell. <laughs> hey man, y'all want to invest in this company? Nah, bro, we about to buy a bunch of two elevens. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know, you know that. <laughs> Cash money? Nah, man. Give me some two elevens, bro. Bro, we just have just like you pull up the Rogers crib. It's just a truck with a case of just cases of two elevens. <laughs> and you guys see these dudes like bringing it out the truck and everything. I'll be like, we made it. <laughs> we made it, man. <laughs> Shit, he could buy the brewery and rename it to Rogers two elevens. Oh my motherfucking god! <laughs> I didn't even think about that, bro. <laughs> you gotta give all your money to two eleven. Fuck that. Buy the company. That makes me think. All right. Oh, that's let's say Channel Three One Zero blows up. We all we get this big deal. What's the first thing you buy when we when we when you get that direct deposit from the network? What's the first thing you buy? Protection. Protection. Then you gonna buy condos? What the fuck? <laughs> Buying a whole squad of security guards. But I I knew he was talking about that. <laughs> exactly what the fuck I'm doing. He ain't trying to get, you know. I'm and some drivers because I don't like to drive. You don't like driving? Nah, so I could drive to my meetings. Um, and. 
Honestly, I might buy a school. I might buy USC. Okay. Kick everyone out. <laughs> and kick everybody out? Like, nah. hey, how'd you get into this school, homie? Even oh, Lord, hand me your papers. Even Lori Lachlan's kid. They're already done. I'm <laughs> kicking out the... everybody. I'm kicking out the nigga who yacht she was on when she found out. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's hilarious. <laughs> get off this yacht. Like, it was just yacht. like... It made... It, like, it was like poetic justice. Like, you find out your parents are scamming with all this money on a yacht. Like, that is you know they had to sell. I want to know that they continue the party. Other day, like, yo, we gotta drop your ass off, bro. You know they did. This is for USC students only. You know they, yeah, they kicked her <laughs> off. Oh, <laughs> bro, they had a speedboat. Like, get bro, your ass off. Rich this. people are mean, bro. Rich people are mean as fuck. They'll kick you out the club quick, bro. Like, if you marry a black dude, you go broke, you hit bankruptcy, something, a check bounce, you out the club. Bro, they bro. kick you out, out the club. Maybe their own family members. Because like, you you have a parking spot at the country club one day, and then the next. Next day, your shit will get spray painted over. Another nigga got your spot. You know what I'm saying? Think about, like, I always think about, like, think about when OJ got all his money and moved to Brentwood. Who was the white dude that got kicked out the club to make room for OJ? You know what I'm saying? Like, because OJ was like all them rich white people's favorite black dudes. So there was some white dude that was in the group that just kind of got edged out. Like, hey man, we about to start hanging with OJ. We gotta cut you off, bro. That's like, hilarious. That like that was like a thing. People was hanging out with OJ. They the called 80s. him the mayor of Brentwood, bro. The mayor of Brentwood. Mayor of Brentwood. Woo. He OJ ran rich LA, dog. I'm trying to be like that. I'm trying. To That's be why when OJ in the '80s. That's why when the trial happened. There was a, white people were so like hurt and offended. They were like, "Yo, like we, you, we like, trusted you, we trusted you, nigger. You like, were we the gave you Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> How could you, OJ? I let you use my golf clubs, OJ. I let you. I had a guy that could have made less of a mess, but you had to do it yourself. <laughs> 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 That's the fucking point, bro. Bro, you know them dudes was letting OJ fuck their wives too. Nah, they wasn't letting them. They was watching. <laughs> oh my god, they was letting them know. There's like, a tape hey. out there somewhere. Oh, bro, it was all over the place, bro. That's bro. why they. That's why they just trying to put him in prison so hard. I was like, hey, I don't want this nigga to get out and release this tape with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it hundred with you, bro. OJ's a goat. Oh He's God. one of the greatest NFL running backs, one of the He's greatest amazing. collegiate the tailbacks, one of the greatest athletes turned actors, yes. bro. And he be the case, bro. Yes. And he got released early, bro, from yeah. in another state. And that's the thing. like o- In another state, that's what's up. <laughs> O.J. Simpson has to be put in the NFL Hall of Fame because... He's not a murderer. He was never charged as a murderer. You can't call the dude a murderer. But he's a he's a he he, he he's held a thief. Up. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna Pete Rose him, bro. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame too. Hell yeah, bro. All How you get? All, you get? all they did was throw some dude, games, bro. Here's, here's he my thing. Throw, he didn't throw. No, he, he didn't throw never, any games. He never bro, bet against his thing. own team or bro, for his own team. He he bet on himself, bro. Like. That shows you how real of a nigga Pete Rose was that he bet on himself. No, wait, that's who he, I thought he was betting on other teams. He was betting on other teams? I thought he bet on like the Reds to win. No, he never bet on he never bet. So he never team. bet on himself? No, never bet with that. It either like, but it's it was, just like either way, like that don't have nothing to do with his talent. I'm gonna give it hundred with you. He could have just started fucking like betting on golf, any other sport, and it would have been no problem. Michael Jordan had a gambling problem too. But what was he what was his like game of man. choice though? Basketball. 
Wait, no, I'm talking about like to gamble on. I think like, Michael Jordan was gambling on basketball too. Like NBA basketball games. I think so. Think he, so? No, I need. I need. While he was playing, or though. I, I'm gonna look that up right now. Yeah, I need facts. I'm on that dead one. serious. No, I think Michael Jordan was gambling. On He's already. You, so once you're in the Hall of Fame, you can't get kicked out, right? Um, I'm not nah, sure. You can't. You know what's fucked up? I think you can be removed in the U in the UFC Hall of Fame. Tito Ortiz was one of the first inductees. But since he had all this beef with fucking uh, President Dana White, they have removed him from the UFC Hall of Fame. I don't like Dana White, bro. He be getting too emotional. He yeah, Dana White's he, a piece. piece he brings know. his emotions to everything, dude. Like and like, like my he did thing a lot is for the sport, but man. Yeah, but it's like you're the commissioner. You're not these dudes' friend. So if somebody hurts mm. your feelings, you can't try to end their career and everything. Well, what does Roger Goodell yeah. do though? Same thing. Exactly. Who's Roger Goodell? The commissioner of the NFL. Commissioner of the NFL. Yeah. He he's horrible. That fool looks so weird, bro. He's like, like, he looks like an alien. There's like aliens out there that have costumes. Like he looks like put... Trump's little brother. Loki. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of the... Not my thing, but the red dude? The one dude from the... Let's see. From basketball, right? Six. No, no, that's... Uh, I found that's an article that says six, Mi- six of Michael Jordan's wildest gambling like, stories. Let's see. I want I need to watch more. I want to know the numbers. What was he betting? <laughs> they said this nigga Michael Jordan bet a hundred thousand dollars on rock paper scissors. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> That's a gambling addiction, bro. Oh my god! That's bro. a super gambling addiction. You know what I love about these gambling addictions? Like they be every time you have an advertisement for some type of gambling, whether it be a casino or the lottery, they tell you to gamble all this shit, and then at the end of the commercial advertisement, they say, if you have a problem with gambling, please call this number. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? What? Hold on. Let me see. That's the same way they do with alcohol. Hey, drink all this good shit, but drink responsibly. Yeah, right? What's, what's the point? How the fuck you, know you drink responsibly? I'm, I'm going to start petitioning, like, we don't need the Surgeon General's warning on cigarettes. Everybody knows that that shit causes cancer, bro. I don't need to see that on a fucking pack when yeah. I occasionally buy one, motherfuckers. Nor <laughs> <laughs> do I need to see it on my fucking blunt wrap so you can take that off as well. Yeah. You know what? Add another owl to the bottom of this. Make it more artistic. Yeah. Why owl? Why fuck that? I want owls. We got white owls today because we want White wanna... great, bro. White great. We went over to the food for less that's right across the street. And uh, what y'all doing? Them niggas don't sponsor us. Why y'all shouting them out? Because <laughs> look, man, because it's funny. That, that's true. That's true. No, but the point is, usually these are ninety nine cents at the food for less. Man, you're thinking like, no way. There's everywhere is one fifty. At the food for less is ninety nine cents. And at the food for less, these country clubs are two fifty for a whole forty. So now you know. <laughs> Straight like that. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. Yo, so Darren. Tell us about what you've been doing recently, bro. Recently, when I'm not fucking up, I basically been going to class sometimes, going to school all the time. Uh, I really just been working towards bettering my career, bettering my what's, skills. What's your major over at Cal State Northridge? Uh, creative writing. Oh, that's dope, man. Um, me too. <laughs> I love that part when you do podcasts with homies. You're like, so what's your major? Like, dick, we go to the same school. I know, bro. Have the just, same teachers. This, this, is a, this is the first one recorded, so I just want to, you know, let the public know what's good. Bro, I, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I love Professor Mitchell. Shouts out to Professor Mitchell. He's the cool. advisor for the creative writing section at Cal State Northridge. I'm not going to shout him out until I pass this semester. You're going to, bro. 
He's gonna pass this semester. I know Professor Mitchell. Roger, you better not flunk that shit. Bro. You flunk Professor Mitchell, I will fucking kick you. Because here's the thing, I'm gonna feel bad because I come up there and smoke with you and stuff. So I'm gonna feel like, damn, I kind of made this. happen. No, don't feel that way because he blames me for last semester. Ah! <laughs> I, have a, I have a joke in my new uh, the expressions Mike I just did. I'm like, I don't blame Darren for why I'm failing on my classes this semester. I don't. This semester. I blame him for failing on my classes last semester. That's ah! <laughs> great. What happened? Keep stopping for some reason. Oh, Hold shit. On. I don't know how long yep. it's been stopped now. Let me check. Um, the, good vid- job, the video. Yeah, thank you, Vicky. We're about to tag you in, bro. The video has been stopped, but we have been going on the audio because got it going two ways. You know what I'm saying, bro? That's how we do it out here. See, I told you that's how fucking cameras go, bro. Like, You're they right. don't go consistently the whole way through. It's yeah. hard to do that. Look, 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 Darren's completely right. Uh, a couple of days ago, we were talking about cameras, and he was like, make sure the camera that I bring for Arthur's taping isn't, like, going to pause it, like, 30 minutes. And I was like, why would it pause at 30 minutes? And he was like, apparently a lot of cameras do. And lo and behold, I was recording last night at Arthur's um, special. And 30 minutes in, like, it stopped recording. I had to, like, press the record button again to uh, have it recording. Oh, yeah. But I found out why that's the case. Because to go... Like through like specific tariffs through like a bunch of countries, cameras aren't like taxed as much as like fucking with like video cameras. So uh, that's why cameras are li- literally set to like a limit of thirty minutes, and you cannot change that because they're cameras. But you can get like a Canon seventy D, which is like a more expensive Canon, and that one has the ability to change back and forth. But but I guess they classify that as a video camera, even though you know. Oh, thank you for telling me that shit. The more you know. Yeah, man. I I, I just read that today because I was like. How can I make my camera not pause at the 30 minute? And then I, literally I found out there's not a way to do it. That's they programmed this motherfucker to be like that. Unless you're also like a programmer and then you can like connect your like laptop to the camera somewhere. And then like fuck around with it. Which I'm sure you can do. You can always do that shit. Man, I need to hire me a nerd, bro. Hey, bro, man. Just to do like all my shit. I'm pretty good at computers. Really? Yeah, but bro. But you're not going to be in New York, bro. <laughs> oh, that's true, bro. That's true. Hey, we all about to be in New York. Fuck it, dog. Yeah, I know. We might know, win the uh, lottery. We might buy Park Avenue. You know what? Well, the whole block. Victor already said he got my couch, though. That's hey, cool. you know, I... You I know, know, we, we all going to have our own fucking high rises. We nah. thinking big. If we go to New York, we thinking big. Bro, big sleeping, Apple. I'm, big city. Bro, I'll sleep in the tub. I don't give a fuck, bro. <laughs> I'll sleep in the tub. Oh my god, nigga. Have, y'all, have I ever told y'all the hotel party story where I found a nigga in the tub? Damn. Have nah, I ever told t- y'all that nah, story? Nah, tell that story. Bro, so, alright, so this girl, <laughs> this girl was super cute in college, right? And so she threw a hotel party at the end of the first semester. And so, like, a bunch of people were gonna come through this hotel. She got a suite, bro. We were gonna nice. hang out, have a party, everybody's drinking, playing beer pong and the thing. And I bring this white dude, right? And he got really drunk and started saying the N-word and shit. He was like, oh, man, you know, I, I fuck with y'all. y'all. This is my nigga right here. And I was like, ah, oh, god damn. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> and so, like, the girls throwing the party started getting uncomfortable. So he had to leave, bro. So while that was all going on, uh, me and the homie bought a big case of Paps Blue Ribbon. Because in college, that was the only thing we could afford. And so this dude named Toomey, I think he's African, bro. He, like, went in the pack and took stole two beers and drank them. This nigga got drunk as fuck off the two beers, bro. And so he goes into the bathroom to take a shit. And he got so drunk that he was on the toilet 
while he's taking a shit, falls off the toilet, bro. <laughs> Ew. So he shits on all over the floor in the fucking bathroom. And so I remember I was super drunk and I walked oh, in the bathroom and I had I basically like I was so drunk I didn't even like I didn't really like even like uh I didn't even like kinda acknowledge it. I just stepped over this nigga and literally stood over him and peed in the toilet. And like and like and then I was like, oh damn, this nigga is like Ow. Ow. And so I leave, and then he woke up, and he was, like, knocking on the door. But he was so drunk, bro, he didn't know how to open the door in the bathroom, and he locked himself in there. So, like, everybody's on the outside of the door going, to me, to me, to me. He's like, I, I can't get out. And then I start hearing him throw up, bro. And so, like, and like basically it's locked from the inside. So, eventually, this nigga just shit all over himself, threw up all over himself, and then just went. And slept in the bathtub for the rest of the night. <laughs> and so, like the next, I spent the night in the hotel. And so, like the next morning, I opened it, like it was unlocked, and I walked in there, and this nigga's just in the bathtub and there's shit and throw up all over the floor. So I dipped. <laughs> when I saw that, bro, I dipped. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got sober as hell when I saw that shit. It was a nasty. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything that nasty, bro. That's just, disgusting, just shit bro. and vomit all over the floor. <laughs> Yeah, college was a trip, though. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, whenever somebody says something about sleeping in a bathtub, I'll never forget that that night, bro. Bro, man. I thought I had a bad pee myself on the bus, but fuck. At least I didn't shit myself, too. <laughs> and throw up all over yourself, dude. At a party, bro. That shit was bad. What type of shit that happens on the bus when you pee on yourself? Yeah. Bro, what time what was the, it? Three in the morning? What that homeless dude tell you? Man, he looked at me, and he was like, man, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> That's some raggedy ass homeless dude, bro. Like, what's your best, bro? <laughs> right, what's his best? <laughs> it happens to the best of us. You're not the best of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, bro. This is a mother. I just laughed, bro. I just kept laughing. So <laughs> How old are you? 20. Damn. Yeah, it was four years ago. You were young, bro. Yeah, bro. It's been a minute, man. I was 20 when that story happened. You know what's the cool part, bro? I think I drank like a 211 that day. And then some, like two paps after at the event I was at. Nothing good ever happens when you drink two eleven. Uh, I just been falling asleep by this goose call mic. So <laughs> I'm gonna stop drinking. When's the mic. last time you performed a goose call mic? Like not last time, but the last. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it hundred. Like bro. yours is two eleven, mine is old English. I bro, love old English. Old English will knock you out. Bro, I think two eleven is like stronger, bro. It, it is. is, but old English cheaper. makes me ignorant. Yeah. I fuck with 211 though. I just gotta chill. 211 40s. I was like, my favorite 40s. If I smoke weed with two, you gonna spark that up? If I yeah, if I smoke weed with 211, <laughs> it's just been sitting there for a minute. I mean, the blunt just been sitting there for my yeah, yeah, I was on like, his show. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it too, but I be like, yo, I got country clothes. I'm chill. But like, no, <laughs> I'm damn near done. If I smoke weed and drink 211, I'm going to sleep. Like it's like it's not a it's not an option. Like I don't have a choice. Like I'm gonna just wake up 30 minutes later, bro. Like I'm gonna take a power nap. It don't I, matter where I'm at. I, I took a power, power nap at Goose Car this Friday, bro. I fucking fell asleep from like 1.30 to like 3.14. They woke me up. 3.14? You, you know, know what, imagine remember the time? You know what's funny? Because like, I forgot who closed it out. They said, all right, we're done. And then I was like, oh, man, oh, we're damn. done. So, <laughs> I was like, we're done. Ah, and then they left the room and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going to sleep, though. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, hey, Roger, wake up. I was like, all right, all right I'm going. That's hilarious, bro. I was so fucking knocked out, bro. Oh my god. Yo, what's up, Vic? How's the camera? It's fucking, uh, being a bitch. Ah, there we go. Yo, can you do me a favor and set up my camera real quick to uh, start that shit? Here, I got you now. 
Oh, bro, I want you to delete your videos, bro. No, I, I didn't need them. They're like old ass episodes of Last Night Show. That's what I'm going. Yeah, man. Right. It's a fucking beautiful day. This is like a perfect single de Mayo day, bro. It is. Like, single de Mayo, like, to me, is like been embedded in myself for years since I was like six, bro. They used to have assemblies for it. So that's, that's so how, cool. like, I learned about single de Mayo. And they had it every year, like, from, like, first grade to, like, fifth grade. Hmm. Where I'm from, they just pretend like Mexican people don't exist. Dude, I went to the <laughs> South during like Mexican people there? We do have Mexican people, bro, but like... They make the tacos there or not? Nah, bro. So there's a Mexican restaurant called El Sombrero, hmm. and all the white people eat there in my hometown, Flowood. Cool. And the like Mexican it. family, they're from L.A. Mm-hmm. They moved out to Mississippi mm-hmm. and started a restaurant, and the shit blew up, right? Yeah, So they're, they're dope as fuck. But, like, I didn't learn about no Cinco de Mayo. I didn't learn nothing about Mexico in school. The only thing I learned about Mexico in school was to fucking remember the Alamo. And they made all the Mexicans seem like evil and shit. In my history really? Books. Yes, bro. I remember learning about General Santa Ana. And they would talk about him like he was some, like, super villain. That he was evil and hated America. Yeah, he hated America because y'all were fucking killing all his people. Yeah, taking his land a little taking by Taking his little. land. And so, like, I remember as a kid, I was like, man, General Santa Ana is a bad dude. And then I remember getting to high school and, like, I read this book. I can't remember what the book was, but it was it was written by, like, a Mexican person about the Mexican Revolution and, like, all this kind of stuff. And it, was, it, had, a, it had a chapter about uh, the Alamo. And I was like, dude, like, America just went over there and just took shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was mad. And so, like, he was just trying to protect his people. But exactly. the way they frame it and the way they program us as kids out here, they teach us, like, the Mexicans were in the wrong. And so my whole entire life, I thought Mexico was in the wrong. But you never think, like, well, why were we over there in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They just tell you, Davy Crockett, remember the Alamo, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, nah, bro, we, America was in the wrong. But we don't learn that. It's like fucking watching the Star Wars, like, movies and then, like. They're telling you Darth Vader is the good guy. Yeah, exactly. That's in America is Darth Vader. Yeah, America, Isn't that crazy? America is the empire. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. You hear that? The CIA, NSA, all those people. You, like you like being on the winning team. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Mexico. My, I have 20 cousins in Mexico, bro. All my family's in Mexico. I got one cousin here, one aunt, one uncle, and that's it. Damn. One sister, my mom, and my dad. That's it. That's it. Seven people in my family that's from Mexico. I wonder if I got family in Mexico. Probably, bro. There's 250,000 like, black people that were there. In 1800s Imagine how many How much that's duplicated Yeah I feel like the Afro-Latino Community starting to get More representation Yeah Absolutely Which I think is a good thing It's like the The new The new new Spider-Man Miles Morales He's Afro-Latino You know And so like his mom Speaks Spanish to him In the movie And his dad's black So I think it's cool To see that kind of representation Cause they're They're real people They're out here You know Yeah bro They deserve to be on stuff they gotta go whole country of them, bro. Puerto Rico and the, the DR. I like I like when I like when black and brown people come together, man. Cause like I feel like we need to, you know. I feel like we need each other, but there's just so many things that like, like we're between like race and class that divide us. But I feel like at the end of the day, we need to realize like we have a lot more in common than than we think that we don't. You know, we have a lot more in common with fucking everybody that's really in the working class. Hell yeah, cause like. Cause like when I talk to you, like I ask you about like your upbringing, and like just being out here in LA, I'm like, dog, like a lot of your shit sounds like my shit. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think we look at it that way. It's like, oh, he's different. Fuck him. Like that's horrible how we think, but that's <coughs> how it comes down to America a lot. Yeah, America. I wrote this a while. Like a part of the American experience is racism. Uh huh. Because <coughs> you're taught that <coughs> at an early age. Yeah. Unless you know, 
Nah, you just, that's always there. <laughs> yeah, it's just always there. <laughs> Did you have a lot of black people in your high school? Yeah, bro. We had um, a good diversity of uh, people in my whole community because, you know, um, we had, like, the white people that lived in, like, Beverly Wood, which is, like, right above the high school I went to, Hamilton High. Okay. And then we had, uh, down low, you had um, La Cienega Heights, which was my community, which is a bunch of uh, Mexican and white people. Yeah. And then, um, and then we also had a bunch of people chartered in from South Central, which is a, another group of Mexican and black people. Hmm. So we had, like, a, a good uh, mix of people. That's but good, definitely in high school, there was, like, that one section of the, like, just, like, the whole high school that was called Disneyland. And that was white people. All white people. <laughs> Why y'all call it Disneyland, though? That's hilarious. Yeah. Nigga, Disneyland. That's the one thing I definitely, um, I feel like I missed out on going to private school growing up is I didn't, I didn't get to go to school with, like, a diverse group of people. You know, I only, it was literally just me, two other black people, and a sea of white people at all times. So I feel like I've missed wow. out on a lot of, like... like Two other black people? Yeah, dude, like, it was... I mean, there was... I think by the time I was in high school, there might have been five or six black people in the whole high school. Private Dang, school, though. In the whole high school? That's thousands of students. Private school, dude. Bro, all you see is, like, white, 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 yeah. white, 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 And so white. you start to think that... Not to say it's not bad. I love this country. Yeah. <laughs> so you start to think like that's the norm and how it should be when like no like America's a melting pot and our system should re- uh, replicate that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so like and so it's 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 sad because like in Mississippi um, a lot of private schools are called segregationist academies because private schools in Mississippi were created when desegregation happened. So, like, when schools got desegregated in the late 60s, like, 67, 68, 69, that's when private schools were started. So, if you look at most private schools in Mississippi, they're, they'll, they'll say established 1968, 1969. Like, oh, shit, y'all literally started the school so you didn't have to go to school with black people anymore. So, most, mm. pretty much, majority of private schools in Mississippi were created just so white kids wouldn't have to go to school with black kids. So, it's still... It still looks like that to this day. So you'll have a school that has maybe five or six black people or maybe even 20 black people, but they probably all play sports or they're all really, really smart and they got a scholarship to go there. Um, there's very there's very few that are just like, yeah, your parents just like sent you there. So it's, it's crazy like to think how like that still affects how schooling is done today. So you have a lot of white kids that have never interacted with a black child because of something that happened all the way back in the 60s. And so like you have all these schools that probably aren't even that great educationally and don't cost that much to get in, but they're literally just created so white parents wouldn't have to send their kids to school black kids. It's just another way of segregation. Mm-hmm. It's literally like you Mississippi's got... still segregated. You still got the money and the economic resources to segregate because of all the fucking past right. turmoil that has happened. Right. So it's... It's bullshit, man. Cause yeah, that's why I love LA. I, I love LA. I'm kind of biased because I was born and raised out here. My nah, mom bro. popped me out in UCLA nah, Hospital. You know, what's good? Nah, you're right. Take it from somebody that ain't from here, bro. Like this is the place to be. This is the place to be. I was I love very. It. it was definitely. It was like a good culture shock for me. I was like, wow, this is like all kinds of people, and I think that's how things should be. You know? Yeah, exactly. The valley's like that as well, bro. The valley is like that, it bro. It is, yeah. Between me and you guys, the va- I've, I've, I was born and raised out here, like, in the West L.A., but the valley is better than West L.A. Because West L.A. is like what... It's like a bullshit L.A., bro. It's all gentrified. What the valley is, is L.A. in the 90s, and it's very diverse and still, you know what I'm saying? 90s. I mean, I'm not saying where I'm not... 
is like diverse anymore, but like man, I swear to God, man, it used to be fifty percent black people, fifty percent Mexican, right? Now it's like two percent black people, fucking sixty percent white people, and forty percent whatever the rest Mexican. Damn. And we just get that's a huge change, bro. It's huge change, bro. White people have basically just come in. I'm just saying not white people. They want it back. I'm be honest with you, bro. The people they want it back, bro, because. That's when they first... L.A. changed when they first started integrating everything because everything was normally, like, white. Like, the jungles was, like, for Jewish people, bro. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. The jungles had nothing but... my. I went to Taft High School in Willard Hills. Okay. And my dean there was a graduate of Dorsey High School, which is right across the street from the jungles. Yeah. Wow. It's in the mix. Yeah. Right by that the was like, house, bro. And that's what everyone used to do. All these... um developers, all these uh, real estate salesmen, like all these guys, real estate agents, they'll go house to house, knocking, knocking, and they did it for years. Hey, black people are moving in next door. Black people moving in across the street. Look at all these black people now. You're the only white people person here. So they started moving to places like Riverside, Palmdale, Inland Empire, and everywhere else. Wow. And then now that became the new black area Palmdale, San Bernardino, the IE. So they're all moving back out here. Yeah. They saved enough money fucking living out there where, ah. where property was nothing. And then now they have millions to buy a fucking property in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. That's crazy. Because then I looked at the statistics. The Hollywood Hills is like 80% white people. Like Brentwood, 80% white people. That's, all, why, that's why I want a house out there, bro. I want to make them niggas mad. <laughs> that's why I want to live out there, bro. But there's also a lot of, um, like, immigrants as well. Like, um, Middle Eastern immigrants that live, like, in Beverly Hills. Good. And stuff like that. That's one thing I've noticed about uh, L.A. Uh, a lot of the Middle East people that have a lot of cash are starting to, like, really, like, run shit out here. As in terms, like, they're buying the nice properties. They're living in the nice apartments. They're ordering me to go fucking deliver their food to them. Man, <laughs> tell a DoorDash story, bro. Bro, here, let me tell you a DoorDash story. I'll give a DoorDash story after you give it. Yo, man, here, let me tell you how I do it real as fuck, man. I don't give a fuck if they're watching this. Because, look, man, me and the homie Jaren, we're struggling, you know. We're college students, you know, we're doing well. So, we, I was like, I got no money, no money, no money at all. And then I was like, you know what, I do got a little bit of gas. And Jaren was like, all right, bro. I roll with you while you make some DoorDash. I was like, that's a goon right there. We're about to make this work, bro. This is God's work. We got that's two teamwork, people, bro. That's two people double up, that's bro. That's beautiful. Black and brown. I Hell like yeah. It. We went to the the first fucking spot, delivered that shit real quick. All right. Went to the second spot, and I started talking about I was like, man, hopefully this motherfucker doesn't come, bro. <laughs> so we can't find him, you know? Like, we're like, yo, this is a cool... This is a, this is a spot by CSUN. It's like some Indian cuisine, you know? So... We head, we I pick it up. We head over to the fucking spot to drop it off, and it's literally like in between like a street that has like a building that's not that address in front of it, and then behind it where it is the street address is a parking lot, and then on the left of it is like a big apartment complex. And for the most part, I knew that the apartment complex is where I needed to go, but this motherfucker got the address wrong, so I just put on the DoorDash that this motherfucker wasn't here, and he's got five minutes to come pick up his food. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This motherfucker didn't show up for, like, five minutes. You know, I couldn't... Uh, I tried to contact him. had no, you know, success. 
And then me and the homie Darren were fucking eating like motherfucking savages. <laughs> Five minutes at we were we were counting down the minutes. We were like one minute left, bro. The seconds, bro. Sec- Wait, did y'all start eating before the five minutes was over? Or never, y'all? never, bro. So as soon as the clock hit zero, y'all was Cinderella in that bitch. Like, let's go, oh, bro. Yeah, put that shit in dry. Oh, Indian food, bro, bro. Out that bitch, man. That's hilarious. I had that. That was my dinner and breakfast in the morning. Yeah, bro, we had like that. It was definitely like that, bro. We had good lunch, man. We had, yeah, we had great lunch. That's when that was a great dinner, actually, because yeah, bro. And then it got better too, because then we just hit like two more orders that were like solid as fuck, bro. And then I cashed that shit out immediately. We got like seven G's of some great shake at that one shot that Darren, you know, is super familiar with. Love it. Shouts out to OG Bros. OG Bros, man. Woodley and Parthing. I'm a super shout it out. You know how? Woo! OG Bros is the shit, man. I appreciate you guys so much, man. I'm broke as fuck, and they their shake is uh, some of the best shake you can oh, get. Oh, shout out to them, bro. Man, we've all smoked their shake, they man. They always show love. And, and you know what? The first time I went, I did get an eighth of their Skywalker OG, and me and Darren got faded. Skywalker. That fuck. sounds like you get high on yeah, that. Yeah, bro. OG bro's been there for me since I was like 17, dog. I fuck with OG bros all day. They're a VP. They're called Valley Patients before they're OG bros. That's hilarious. So you've been there through the name change, the new branding, everything. Mm-hmm. Fucking building change. This is their third building they own, bro. Yeah, you tell all the niggas business. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're smart, though, man, because they, their new building is just as fucking awesome as their old one. And the weed there is super quality. This is way super better quality. than the old That's one. the only thing I'm worried about, bro. I don't know where I'm going to buy weed in New York, dog. Um... You know, it's going to be hard, but, you know, I hear homies it's out expensive. here. I'm about to find a way. I hear homies out here sending packages <laughs> over to New York. <laughs> we heard. Not confirmed. I've Not heard, confirmed. I've heard of that, but I don't know anybody that does that. I know. You really got to just that, be cool. You know what I'm saying? Thing, I think once you, like, say you coming from L.A., people going to try and hit you with that. Because they're going to say, we know we ain't got the gas like L.A. They don't, bro. I smoked some weed out there the second time I went out. That's why everyone drink. That's yeah, why David every- Tell had insomniac where he's just getting drunk instead of getting high. Like, he real got the insomniac, but it's in a car. And everybody in New York is drunk. <laughs> everybody <laughs> in New York is drunk, bro. Damn. Because you don't have to drive. Yeah, you just trash on the no, subway. You can just be trashed and walk through New York. That's you a great experience. Fine. Can you have an open container in New York? Nah. 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 That's Las Vegas shit. I mean, you can, but you just don't get caught. Bro, you could do anything. <laughs> Shouts out to OJ. Right. Shouts out to OJ. Call back. Shouts out to the juice. But yeah, dude, it was just like, yeah, in New York, every, like, everybody I met was just drunk. <laughs> like, I was just like, y'all just drink this much? Like, yeah, we ain't got to drive. They like, don't. Bro, I passed by a DUI checkpoint. Thank God it was on the other side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going south. That nigga's going north. north. I, I do not condone. Nah, we weren't drunk driving at all. But it's not okay. My, I was with a real good friend of mine that studied to be a lawyer. Don't say his name. And really, his those name, his are name is SpongeBob. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of those uh, checkpoints is really like they're trying, they're looking for drugs and trying to search people and find probable cause. It's not really they disguise it as a DUI checkpoint. Yeah. And they want to see if your, your uh, what you call your registration is up to date. Yeah. 
That's more of what it is, because they can make you pay a fine for that. No, they got Toyo shit. Out here, they used to have smog check. Do you like the way they do DUI checkpoints? Yeah. They used to have a machine outside and checking if your ass got smog or not. That's crazy. That's why. That's why. And it's only during the day. It's only during the day. And then the same checkpoint, this motherfucker turns into a DUI checkpoint when the fucking that's crazy. Sun goes down. That's why I miss like small town Mississippi, bro. Because like when they social when social with social shit. media got going when I was in high school. So whenever all we did was drink in high school, and so whenever there'd be DL, DUI checkpoints, it was always on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we all lived in a small town, so we all know like what street that was, and so like it prevented a lot of people from getting screwed over and getting in trouble. <laughs> like a lot of people got mad about it though. They're like, "You're a piece of shit if you tell people there's a DUI checkpoint." And I'm like, "Nah, bro, like you a bitch." Yeah, you think that. <laughs> right. Like you, you just, a bitch if yeah. you think that. We just, you know, we Straight just ain't. facts. Yeah, bro, that that was the coolest thing about living in a small town. Like, you could avoid that because it would be on the internet. So I remember, like, I'd be at a party when I was, like, 16, 17, and it'd be like, yo, it's a DUI checkpoint on, um, what's the, what was the street back home? On, uh, on Lakeland Drive. And then everybody like, all right, cool, avoid Lakeland Drive. <laughs> Damn, bro, I'm not gonna lie, dog. And they can only be in so many places at once. So once you already got that information, I think we're looking you're good. at a nigga cheating on this bitch right now. Dude, <laughs> I've seen people get caught cheated on, and it's just hilarious. The shit, like, because the whole spiel comes out within, like, that five to ten minute of them just, like, pouring out their heart of, like, I, this is how I caught you. Motherfuckers be exchanging cars, fucking switching up locations, bro, going, like, to other cities and shit, and they just be having, like, private eyes and themselves just following the motherfucker. And then... If you, that's a good thing about working like a public servant job, dog, mm-hmm. where they, they always get caught like at the movies or like a grocery store, restaurant, and then everyone's just looking at them and they're like, the manager's like, you have to take this outside, you have to take this outside. The person that caught them cheating feel like they have the right to rule the whole entire world. Like, nah, this whole world is right here. And you just be like making your whatever hourly wage and just be watching some good shit. Like I'm glad I didn't go to lunch right now. I'm about to go on lunch after and just think and laugh my ass off at this shit. What what you need young and the restless for? You can watch two people fight each other outside. That's amazing. Shit, man. It go hard in the paint out here. That's that's funny part, man. Like y'all don't cheat. I know none of y'all motherfuckers cheat, bro. Black men don't cheat. Thank you. That's a goddamn (laughs) fucking life. Yeah, 
the homie Victor Martinez hasn't cheated for real though. Nah, bro. Nah. Channel three and no, don't cheat. <laughs> and then, that's a better Crew one. squad don't cheat. Yeah, <laughs> we got some faithful motherfuckers in our like squad. We got Arthur don't occasionally, cheat. Occasionally, I just Drum don't cheat. Victor don't cheat. Uh, occasionally, Aaron don't cheat. Occasionally, I just, just Roger don't cheat. I'll imagine Victor just getting like domed up after garage mic in here, like late hours. Have you seen the type of people that come in Garage Mike? Yeah. Especially at that time of hour. None of them is doing that. I know. I'm the most beautiful person that comes to Garage Mike, so. Get the Lies. fuck out of here. Let's be real. Nah. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'd have to put my name in the hat on that one. Nah. <laughs> have you done any ratchet shit outside of Garage Mike? Ratchet shit outside of Garage Mike? I mean, what's yeah, more ratchet than Garage Mike? Bro. I ain't gonna lie. No. I mean, he lived in my car. That's no, it. I'm talking about like with the female, bro. Outside of the garage, like you ain't never like. No, bro. nigga, why would I do that? Hey, bro, I'm son. I've seen some shit. I've done some shit outside. Like, I've heard bro. some shit. Dog. I ain't gonna lie. Dog. I don't know what we're talking about. What? I don't know what's going. You on. You ain't never, fu- man. Yo, Darren. Do you got any plugs, bro? What you got coming up, bro? Not a goddamn. Switches the guy with Victor. Not a goddamn. Yo, Victor. You got any plugs, Darren? What you got, man? You got your reels? Talk about your reels. Nothing. Oh, I, I already put those out. Um, talk about them. I was uh, at King D City. At King D City, man, is one of my favorite goons right here, bro. I'm getting kicked off this podcast <laughs> first. I am one of his favorite goons. Don't believe that shit. Hey, bro. I'm not going to be here for three we've months. We've been recording for 51 minutes. I want, it's time to tag in. This is my last Roger that, so I got to stay on the whole one. Yeah, it's time to tag in, you know, the the OG, man. You know, I appreciate you letting me, you know, use your garage. We gonna, You're the best, bro. We're going to Joe Rogan. Cover the stage right now. We got fucking Victor Martinez Jr. Hey! How the fuck we do it? What the fuck? You never been a parent before, Darren? Come on. Just don't shut the door on him. All right, what's hey, up, hey, y'all? Hey, hey, man. What's up? Welcome to Welcome the to Garage yeah. Mike Studios. Hey, Vision, yeah. Roger that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much Every for having Sunday us. Every Sunday afternoon, man. This is Garage yeah, Mike Studios, man. If you guys don't know, man, this is $100 an hour. So if you guys want to come shoot some shit here... It's gonna, it's gonna run you, but not just fuck with you, man. Empty them pockets, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck you doing here, man? Yo, Why well, is this a halfway done blunt? Yeah, I was like, Roger and is slacking, bro. On. Yeah, I, I got to finish it for you before nah, I realize you got a wet ass blunt. I know. <laughs> My saliva's been real to the shit because I haven't been drinking a lot of water. You've been, been so lonely lately. You're just making out with all your blunts. Oh, my God. Uh, no, that's a I have been. Like, <laughs> I've been trying my best, bro. It's just been unraveling, bro. No, but Victor, man, you know, it's good to have you on the podcast, bro. You know, I, it was cool last time having you here. We talked about 21 Savage being a clone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still is. You think so? Yeah. Oh, no. That's what, that's usually, no, nah, I don't know. I can't tell. I hope Probably. Not. I love 21 Savage. I know bro. for sure, um, what's his name? Uh, Gucci Mane? No, that Kiki dude. What's his name? Fucking uh, ZZ. What the fuck? Ah, damn it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Kodak Black. Kodak Black is a clone. That's okay. why he's been acting so weird. So which clone was doing the... Which, who was doing the raping? Kodak Black or the clone? <laughs> Kodak Black did that. Okay, so Kodak Black is the rapist, but the clone's just the rapper. Yeah, the clone is doing all the weird shit, talking all that shit about Nipsey. I didn't like that, bro. 
I didn't like that. You I mean, don't talk about a man like when he's dead hitting at his woman, bro. His that's, death that's is weird. already like weird enough. I know. That was super weird for him to do that, man. The all the all, all the uh footage we have of it is from across the street, not from his actual front of the store yeah. where there's three nice cameras right there. And um the guy that killed him, he tried shitty to cuss. escape. Yeah, shitty cuz tried to escape. Through, um, uh, like, going through a mental, like, fucking clinic or something yeah. like that. He tried uh, to track in. That's insanity? Where, yeah, that's where they, they, they checked him in at. And I was like, you know, dudes don't do that. Dudes from Compton don't do that. Nah, that bro. That's, yeah, it was really weird, man. I, something oh, def- they told him to fuck. Something was definitely off with, with the dude, bro. Like, men- mentally, something was definitely off. And people were saying, oh, you know, out of respect, don't talk about these conspiracy theories. Well, it's not a conspiracy. It's a fact. The guy that shot him was known to conspire with the police. Yeah, he's an like informant. He, he does that. So he's whether he informs, works for them, takes money from them, you know, it, it's not crazy to think that, you know, this is something, all something very gonna, orchestrated. orchestrated, yeah. But it's just like, regardless of what happened, it's just, I, I just, I feel bad for, like, just that community in, in general because he was a big deal to all of them. He was doing so much. Like, I was reading stats where it said, like, Nip basically... Uh, provided 41,000 jobs over the last decade. Damn. The government don't even do that many jobs, bro. 41,000 jobs. He invested over like $100 million in his community and everything, bro. Like, he was doing so much. And so I just, I feel so bad for like the people that are like affected that live there, bro. Especially his girl hearing all this shit. Mm-hmm. He has a family, man. YG, Kids, dog. YG put it out, man. He felt so sad that, you know, he couldn't be there for on Easter. Yeah. He had a lot of respect out here. I know he wasn't like a big mainstream artist because he didn't really get a lot of radio play, but he had a hell of respect, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found out about Nipsey, like, 2014, 2013, 2014, because he, uh, he did that mixtape where he charged $100, a uh, physical mm-hmm. copy, and Jay-Z bought 100 of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I saw Jay-Z was supporting him, I was like, well, obviously I need to check this dude out. And I've, I've been kind of a fan ever since, so. I just, I, I mean, I've heard his songs on the radio, ninety two point three, you know, but I never knew, I never knew what to match the name, the music with the face. Yeah. Cause then I also saw Rolling Loud. Uh, was he headlined out here? He and they kept Ro- promoting. He did like, Rolling Loud. What two years ago? No, this like last year, bro. Oh, he did last year. Like, out here, bro. Yeah. Man, and I, they kept advertising it on ninety two point three, man. And I, w- I just didn't know that like that was him, man. Yeah. And it's not until he died that I really... He was fire, bro. Really appreciated it. Great lyricist. Great lyricist, real ass motherfucker. And then don't, definitely go watch his music videos. All his music videos are dope. Mm-hmm. What's been going on, man? Y'all watched the Canelo fight last night? <laughs> no, I heard about it. I was on stage. I didn't get to watch it. I did, bro. I had a link. I watched it on my, uh, I watched it on the, on the, on my iPhone. It's a good thing you didn't fucking stream it, or else you would have been kicked out of Instagram again. Yeah! I know, bro. I wanted, I wanted to also like uh, highlight a UFC like front kick that uh, Donald Cerrone did against I Ian Quinta last night. But I was like, they're gonna fucking block my account over just posting some cool shit. Ah, Dana White not gonna let you be great, bro. My thing is like, you're making so much money off of it. Why can't I put it on my Instagram? Well, how's it? How are you losing money by me putting this on my Instagram? 
they make more. They That's make the thing about way Game more of money. Thrones that I respect is that they were down whenever people were. Uh, they were the number one most downloaded. Dude, all the best shows. They like that. They all they the, actually encouraged it. Same with Rick and Morty. They yeah. would, dude. You think I watched season two of Rick and Morty all on Facebook, bro? You think they don't know that's happening? They want that. They want it. Someone who enjoys your show will tell other people about your show more than someone who saw it through the right means and, exactly. and hated it. Yeah. You know, so it's like you'd rather have like a bootlegging voice. I want somebody being fiending for my show like, yo, I need to risk a virus to watch my show. I'm not going to risk a virus to watch some shitty show. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing is... Now when Rick and Morty comes back for these like new seventy episodes that they got, I'm gonna watch it live on the Adult Swim when it comes because I I don't want to miss it. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't find out about Rick and Morty until about a year after it came out. I'm really super hyped about that. Like I mean, I'm they, glad they got those new episodes, bro. They just been sitting on that shit ever since they made that new deal with with Cartoon Network and uh-huh. fucking Adult Swim. They've been working hard. Where is season million. four? Man? It's coming because they they're dropping. They they made a video game. Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon. They made a video game. And then the show's coming next year. You know what's the craziest thing about the two of them? So Justin Rowland created um, Rick and Morty. Dan Harmon signed on with them. So they're friends with a comedian that we are cool with, um, Malcolm Hatchett. They know oh, Malcolm. Shit. They follow So Malcolm posted Planet Black, the cartoon, and oh. Justin Rowland liked the shit. Oh, oh man. So this is crazy. Like, the dude that created Rick and Morty likes Planet Black, bro. That is cool, dude. He saw that. Sorry, bro. That's a big. He watched the whole trailer. Damn, oh, so cool, bro. Hey, you in that shit? Yeah, like that's great. Like yeah, the dude that created Rick and Morty saw you as a cartoon, bro. Hey, you guys can catch it right now on YouTube. Hell yeah. On YouTube, man. Hey, I mean, if you got two dollars, throw us two dollars on the Patreon. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. That's yeah. all we need. Two dollars. I need. I need five thousand people to give me two dollars. That's all I need. And you can fucking make the fucking pilot. Mm-hmm. There'll be no stopping us. We're gonna make that mm-hmm. shit, man. If I, if I gotta pay for it myself, we're gonna make that shit. It's dope, man. It's the dopest cartoon I've seen since the Boondocks. Hell yeah. So it's fucking Shout, cool out, to Aaron. Shout out to Aaron McGruder, bro. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Aaron McGruder. It's My just, son even likes that show. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched that you showed him. That was dope, bro. Yeah, it's just like with cartoons, I've always been a huge cartoon fan. Like, for as long as I can remember. And, like, and I think adult cartoons are the coolest because it's like you can get a grown up to watch a cartoon seriously. Like I think that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it's like South Park, bro. Yeah, South Park is amazing. Like I like me and Eric always said like we want to be like Trey and Matt. Like the two of them created a cartoon that's been on for what, twenty years? It's still going. Still cool, going. Man. And it's and the thing is, it's not just on T V, it's doing well. It's still really funny. Every time I watch TV, I turn on my TV at night uh, after these open mics, bro. It's on. It's on. It's South Park. And then I'm fu- it's one of my favorite shows, so I'm like, hell yeah. And you can watch it on the internet for free with That's the true. ads. Cause, mm-hmm. So South Park was one of the first TV shows to get illegally downloaded in the early 2000s. And so what they did was they created this website called South Park Studios. And they're like, okay, cool. Since they want to watch it on the internet for free, why don't we just put the episode on the internet and just put ads on it? And see what happens. And so they did it. It blew up. And then Comedy Central was like, oh, shit. So Comedy Central bought the website from them. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's all they you bought their website? For. Oh, man. Like, those dudes were so ahead of the game, bro. Basically, what Netflix and Hulu were doing, the two guys from South Park did it for their one show. Goddamn. Years ago, bro. They were ahead of the streaming curve. So, in a way, they kind of maybe even started the whole TV streaming thing. Well, yeah, they definitely did because the the pilot for the uh, South Park was just passed around in VHS tapes. Right? 
That's so cool, And that's man. why me and Eric made this little thing for Planet Black, because now VHS tapes is YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, we were just like, what, how can we get a short around the country? You know what I'm saying? But those dudes from South Park are geniuses, bro. We're walking in their footsteps, man. We're on their shoulders, mm-hmm. dude. Just like, yeah, because cool. I, I think Channel 3 and 0, I think what we do is we, we're never satisfied with where we're at. We're always trying to find new ways of, like, how can we level up? You know, just like with last night, that was crazy. I was, uh, it was a whole nother level. I was amazed, was bro. I mean, I awesome, saw there was baby. literally no line between the difference of a pro performer and what Arthur was doing last night. Dog, mm-hmm. what, what, like, top to bottom, even with the fucking meet and greet after. Yeah. Like, Arthur was, Arthur's famous now. Arthur's like, a celebrity you know? now, dude. And for the listeners that's listening, what we're talking about, last night, our homie Arthur Hamilton recorded his hour special. Mm-hmm. And Roger was on the camera. Victor brought yeah. him up. It was. I got great. to bring him up, and it was fucking imagine. That was a man. fun moment, dude. I it was awesome, it. man. We all got up there at the same time as Goon Squad, and we all said some like you know nice words about Arthur, and he fucking crushed it for an hour and thirty minutes, basically dude. ninety minutes, bro, hey. from seven different vantage points. Yeah, seven. Yo, the videos, the comedy specials is gonna look so I mean, dope. How think- many specials got seven cameras? I don't sure. know. I don't, I don't, they I probably don't. do. I'm not too sure, but I'm just saying. And that's the thing. Like, I think, I think we Channel Three One Zero as a production, I think, proved to a large group of people like we're serious about this last we're night. We're very serious. We because ain't fucking around. Anybody watching this last night want to be in that position? Uh, I got hit. What's the dude that ran down keys? Uh, homie uh, Solomon. He hit me up too. He's like, yeah. he yeah, he said, y'all keep working hard, bro. Yeah. Because like, think about it. seven cameras. We got audio. Mm-hmm. Every and then also everybody that was a part of the team was there to support as well, and so like I feel like we and, and then and then Arthur delivered on what he said he was gonna do. He fucking mm-hmm. cur- like I mean you, you can watch any special on Netflix and HBO and it's just like what's the difference between that and what Arthur did last night, and we did it on a low budget as a team. You know what I'm saying? And so like I feel like I feel like last night. As a chan- YouTube channel, I think we went up a le- another level. Man, it was so well documented. I can't wait to fucking see I it. I can't wait it to see amazing. the whole thing, dude. Tingles, dude. Yeah, it'd be well. dope to, like, you know, cut it up, make it, like, polished as fuck. Yeah. And then show it to HBO, and they're going to be like, yo, can we just buy this real quick? for like That's what happens. Yeah, that's what they... That's what happens. Or... Felipe Esparza, uh, he taped his special for 60 Gs. Wow. Like, himself. That's and then fucking HBO was like, yo, let's buy this from you from you and then I he fucking <laughs> and then he fucking sold it for I don't know how much but that shit translate bro. this is a fucking amazing One special of my favorites and then it's like and then also you know maybe they don't buy it what if he, he puts it on YouTube that's gonna be like yo we want you to do an hour special for us now that's what it's gonna be and so like that and I, it was just inspiration because like I could just see like yo everybody's gonna have a special you know Rogers gonna have a special Jerome's gonna have a special Victor's gonna have a special like we're all going yeah what we did it. last night we could do like potentially like for, for each and every member. do a whole collection and like even when i was in there last night i felt like i was a part of like comedy history in a way a like i, I felt like i was a part of like this big moment that's gonna be remembered in time for a long long time because it was like it's gonna be the first comedy special on channel 310 so it's like that's a big deal you know just going from like me and eric making videos on the couch and his and his in his dingy ass apartment to we just did a whole fucking production of an hour comedy special in a theater, bro. Hour Sold out crowd too. It people are outside people. waiting for an hour. That's the thing only sat thirty eight people and there were seventy people in the thing. We had seats on the stage. 
Yeah. Seats on the stage, people sitting in laps, people mm-hmm. standing on the side. It was standing room only. I mean, there was people that s- sat in the lobby just to listen because they didn't want to miss out. Like that was last night was magical. It was just great how everything just came together and we all like we all came together as a team and then he crushed it. And that was, Arthur crushed it for an hour and a half. It was such a pleasure, man. It was one of the it was one of the best performances I've ever seen because it was effortless. Like it, it didn't look like he was trying. He wasn't stretching nothing out. No, he wasn't fucking petering I, out. I was so happy because I, I especially noticed because I was recording it and I was also watching it. So yeah, you were on I, the camera. I noticed how like he would like hit his punchlines and it would kill, and then he would like wait just the fucking right amount of time and then hit it again with another punchline or another setup to the joke. It was awesome. It showed me that for sure that I I I'm on the right path as far as like what I want to do with mine hell yeah because I want to go when I'm a decade in that's what I was telling I forgot who I was telling last night I'm gonna wait till I'm seven years in right now so I got three more solid years to get to that point where where Arthur's at that's dope I'm giving giving myself two more years yeah I want to do mine at 26 right so yeah yeah I'll be like fucking what 27 28 fucking my son will be five I think hell yeah start kindergarten Mm-hmm. And hopefully by then I'll have already established the High Tonight show as a show, and uh, you know uh, you already know. Start, you know. I imagine like a tour to all the legal states. Yeah, dude. Yeah, high, yeah, think I'm about it. Right. In three, in three or so four cool, years, bro. it's gonna be more states. You know, a High Tonight show tour would be crazy. That would be really amazing. Cause like, just seeing how like all these other shows and podcasts tour, and like it gives comics from those cities a chance to kind of shine too. And I really think. If, and like and everybody listening, if you haven't seen the Heights and Ice show, you're missing out. Go back and watch. Go back and watch season three. I think Hell season yeah. season three for sure is the best season yet. I think with monologue monologue wise, Victor crushed mm-hmm. it. With the comics that were booked, everybody. I mean, it was just such great talent across the board. And we're about to start to shoot the the first live show here on the first 18th, live show in right there uh, in, in, in the, the theater Skip Town, right where Arthur's at. Oh right? yeah, and, and I, I even think the musical guest it went it went up another level this season. Oh man, like awesome, I, I, I can't bro. like every episode. I every musical guest crushed it, mm-hmm. and like this isn't. We're, I mean, we shoot the show in a garage where, like, 15 or 20 comics are in the audience, you know, waiting to get on the open mic. So this it's is not, it. It's not like, yeah, <laughs> this is it. Like This, this is a garage, man. This, this, is isn't, this isn't like your usual audience, you know what I'm saying? So if you can do well with jokes and music in front of these people, you're pretty damn good. We're going to run with weights on. Yes. Know? And so, mm-hmm. to, so whenever we do that that night, it's going to be the, the proper setting for it. Right. And I envision it to be exactly what Arthur had, minus the, the audience sitting on stage. <laughs> yeah, we can't do audience yeah. on stage that night. Not That's- that night. That won't work. But it will be similar to that, like packed out. But it's going to be kind of like a turp market feel. You yeah. know, it's going to hey. be a lot more smoke. We're going to hotbox that bitch. I plan on having at least two vendors out front in the lobby. I love it. Ooh, and, so and hopefully we'll have gift bags for the audience. Willie High ain't going to probably have to come through, huh? Oh, man, I'm going to have to get everybody I out, love man. Willie High, bro. Yeah, Willie High. I'm going to get fucking um, Herb and Baked. Okay. Uh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. yeah. I like the those guys. Yeah, yeah. Dude. So those are two man. vendors right there. I think Herman Bates makes his own that, vapes. And they fuck with our YouTube and channel. And fucking Willie High makes his edibles. We could, they, they could each have their own tables. You know what I'm saying? We could do some raffles. Yeah, Jan trying to sing oh, oh, Daryl, the June wants the keys for the car. I think it's Roger's car, though. Oh, Roger's keys. Oh, because my uh, son's playing in there. <laughs> 
Did it open it? Wait, give me a second. Hey, make sure we're wait, still, wait, wait, wait. Hey, make sure we're still recording. Is this still recording? Is the recording button? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you can't roll down my window though, cause uh, okay, folks, cool. my uh, um, make sure the the door my, is shut. My pat, my window does not go down no more. So, <laughs> wait, it goes down, but that shit won't go back up. My so. son wants to take the car. I'm That's sorry. <laughs> you know he's your, you know he's your godson, Roger. He gets to have the car. Yeah, he, gets a, he, gets a, he gets a percentage. <laughs> yeah. Well, once I get rich and famous, he can have that car, bro. The fuck is Darren doing, my son, man? <laughs> Darren, I'm parent, bro. Uh, He's like, I'm trying my best right now, I'm bro. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Polanski. <He's laughs> like, you know, don't you dare say Polanski on that kid, man. That is not appropriate. At all. Polanski. At all. <laughs> Butt fuck little kids. <laughs> not good. Uh, I'm trying to avoid that at all costs. My kid's too cute, man. That's why I ain't got him into that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not really true at all. <laughs> Dude. So last year, Lila Lila Hart and I we went to a taping of Jimmy Kimmel Live, and we were there, and we were just looking like, yo, this is gonna be high tonight show one day, bro. Like, like no doubt in my mind. Like, I like I'll be in the garage and I'll just be watching. I'm like, yo, this is gonna be like a huge ass production. With an audience of like two hundred people just like passing a blunt. That's all I want, yep. dude. That's like, imagine like. That's what it is right now, but Oprah. You know. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth said that. Elizabeth, shout out to Elizabeth Croydon. She called it Dopra. But I just imagine like you know how like if you if you ever like worked audience or been to a live show, you know there's like hella producers with like mics on. What if like I just imagine there's gonna be some like intern that has to walk to the end of the row in the audience and give that person a blunt, and then the blunt just passes through the whole crowd. You know? <laughs> And then by the, end of, by the end of the episode, like a blunt gets the victor at the desk. The <laughs> like that's what I like. That's how I see it, bro. Because like I just when I see it, I just I see it bigger than what it is right now. Because I know what it's gonna turn into. I mean, how can you deny it? You, you know? can't. That's what I'm trying it's to amazing, produce. Bro. You know, that's what Arthur did last night. Completely undeniable. That's what I do. Even if it's not your taste, even if you didn't like prefer. You know, his jokes, like just the production you alone. Can't deny it, you man. like how can you say that wasn't a special Mm-mm. on any level? Mm-mm. Even if you didn't think he was funny. It was a fucking professional production. That was a real fucking deal. Yeah, great performance. That was that's the type of shit mm-hmm. we're trying to do. That's the type of show I'm trying to show. Like yeah. you know, that's the, even if you don't like smoking weed, it's still a talk show. Right. That's it's still a nighttime even, fucking even if you don't fuck with weed, you'll still like high tonight show. Because you're gonna maybe like, you know, magic or music or fucking the good comedians and music. You know, the, the jokes high- in the monologue, the bro. We work, hard, we work hard on that. You don't like conversations? Just watch the fucking performances. Right. There's four, five, six of them in an hour. Yeah. You know? How, how many Tonight shows? It's mostly talking on those shows. This is more about the performances. It's more about the performances. It's 50-50 at, the, at least. And I like that. I like you know? that for sure. I, I really think the High Tonight show can kind of change the landscape of late night. I think a lot of shows are going to have to adapt to what you do. And and what it used to be for comedians is that if you do well enough, you might get the couch. Yeah. And on my show, you're going to get the couch. Right. You're getting, you're, everyone, cool. everyone you see perform, you're going to get to know them, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like, you know, maybe if you just get lucky. And there's so, there were so many good performances this, this season, like, Roger had a great set, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roger had a great set. I got, I got a lot of, uh, you know, fucking um, comments from uh, Eddie Bravo during my sets. That's awesome, dude. Like, the, the ones that I posted on my Instagram. Eddie Bravo saw your High Tonight Show sets? Yeah, he commented, oh, like, on two shit. of them, on, like, the clips that I posted. It was cool He spot. followed. He followed Planet Black Did the other day. Did he see you smoking? Did, like, did he see us smoking in the back? That's great, That's bro. Amazing. It's dope as fuck, man. 
to have those guys on any of those fucking. Dude, it's gonna happen. I'm telling guys. you, bro. I, I'm excited about. it. I mean, I, we did a birthday episode for me. That was really fun. That was cool as hell. That felt like man. that feels like forever ago, but it was like through season three, I think episode nine. It was mm. so fun, dude. It was a great performance from everybody. And speaking um, of specials, man, fucking Malcolm Hatchett and Damar Randy bro, dropped specials on my show. Literally, like that episode's not out yet. But man. they both dropped like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> a pop, a pop on one episode. It's a good thing that we had two comedians drop out that night because they filled in. They filled it in, <laughs> Both bro, their sets good. and interviews. And just like the storytelling from both of them was amazing. Malcolm night. dropped twenty five, yeah. and Eric talked about it. He said, "We just got more out of Malcolm than any than all of fucking Kill Tony's uh, put Kill together. Tony put together, right? Like, Kill, I don't know how many appearances he had on Kill Tony, but probably not twenty five. No, no, he didn't. Eight. So. That's why, like, um, when I come back from New York, I'd really like to do like an interview documentary with you, Victor, just kind of about <laughs> Garage Mike and Hike Tonight Show, because I feel like <coughs> a decade from now, a lot of moments that have happened at Hike Tonight Show that we have on record on YouTube are going to be like comedy historical moments. Because there's a lot of people that have been on the show that I think are going to be legit stars one day. And we have all the fucking, the, the whole, like, it's the it's the graduating class. You know, we're all freshmen if you look at it right, right. now. Compared to what we're going to be in 20, 30 years. Yeah. This is like the young, fresh faces. Yeah. You, know, cause you, like, you only have the honor to, to, to be, like, to be witnessing this right now mm-hmm. and be, uh, like, to have be cognizant of what you're witnessing. No, there's no doubt about it. Because, like, I'm going out to New York next month. Ain't no, ain't no Height Tonight show or Garage Mike in New York, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have garages I think in that New shit York. was, like, the police, <laughs> the police would pass by like they do here, hey, sh- and then they'd be like, oh, no, what y'all doing? Hey, where'd, y'all get this, where'd, you, where'd you get this weed from? Right, they, they shut that down real quick. They still bro. do the shakedown in New York, for sure. That's what, that's what thing I'm going to miss so much, bro. I'm going to miss Garage Mike. Well, you're not going to be gone that long, right? Well, I don't know. Oh, it depends. Shit, <laughs> it, it depends You're on... set for a couple of weeks but, or a couple months, yeah, like three I, months. I'm, I'm for sure going to be there till September. But September, but man, some it's going to be a happening. big hit and you're just going to fucking stay. I'm excited, man. That's awesome as fuck. That's the thing. Something, something in my head's been telling me, like, yo, you're going to be out there longer than you. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, it man. freaks me Fast out, bro. forward to a decade later. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I come back and y'all like, oh, you're back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's like, I don't want to be out there until I'm 30. <laughs> yeah, I want to come back, man, but I don't know. It's, it's Something tells me I'm going to be out there a little longer. That's why I wanted to like make sure I did a Roger that before I left, bro. Hey, man, thank you for coming, bro. I definitely love fucking seeing you in New York because, man... I love pizza, man. The pizza is the. We most. were having the pizza debate last yeah. night with uh with Jen, the homegirl Jen Kim. We were having a pizza debate. She like what's some restaurant like Jay Z and Beyonce go to or some yeah, shit. Yeah, she was talking about like it's twenty dollars like a pizza that's like this. It's too expensive for me, bro. I'm you, you should go try it out, man. There's apparently some good pizza that's you know owned by a restaurant by Beyonce and Jay Z. But should... I'm sure some white people run that shit, bro. That's true too, but man, go try it, man. That way you can be like, yo, I was at their restaurant. <laughs> just for clout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just for, yeah. What if you see them there just on the off occasion? That would be crazy. And then you're like, yo, man, I run Planet Black, man. I run Planet Black. <laughs> you see my homie Roger. He, he smokes weed in the club too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just great. Like, we have a 99 cent store out here. We got, it's the 99 cent pizza, a slice out there. And I fuck with 99 yeah, cents. Like size pizza. of three dollars. Bro, them slices here. are like this big, bro. <laughs> that's New York shit. And I sent, that's why I sent y'all the picture in the in the in the goon message. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, when you get yeah. established out there, we're gonna come. We're, we're at least the goons are at least gonna fucking take a road trip. The goons yeah. gotta come to NYC, man. You know, I, yeah, I already called this in the bathtub. I, I hear you got tips. It's not like we're gonna be sleeping while we're there. Yeah, <laughs> bro, that's the thing about New York, man. You're gonna be out till three, four in the morning. Yeah, bro. like you know, we'll just never at least we'll know you there. Right. I've never done comedy there. The last time I was there, I was twelve, and I was looking at the Statue of Liberty and shit. So. Ain't that crazy? I want to actually. And the next time you, there. the next time you go to New York, you're gonna be doing comedy, man. I really want to do a set there. You know, it's I've fun. Done, I've done comedy in Texas, fucking, uh, you know, Canada, California. Yeah. But to fucking do comedy right there in New York, that's the, you know, that's the center of the the universe. It man. is. It's the mecca for comedy. Like to this day, the two best shows I've ever been on were both in New York City. It's and I've done head. I've done hundreds of shows in LA, and I've only done four. And I've I've done four shows in New York City, and two of those four are the two best shows I've ever done. There's a lot of weight to it, you know, bro. Did you feel it? I felt it, bro. It was you it was could something see it different. in the audience, right? It was something different, like people out there, and like while well, New York City, young people support stand-up comedy. I'm talking like 20, 21. right? <coughs> like I have maybe like four, like. <coughs> You <laughs> <coughs> 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 smell like bitch. <laughs> sponsored by White <laughs> Already getting soft and shit. <coughs> I'm getting soft already. It's that damn New York lungs. <laughs> damn New York. <laughs> oh, B, hold on, B. Dead ass and coughing. Dead ass coughing in my Tim's, bro. <laughs> Dog. But like, I have about like five. I've only done four shows. I have about five people. From one show, I did a show in this barbershop. Shout out to, I forget his last name, his comedian named Ronnie. Ronnie is dope as fuck. He put me up on the show in a barbershop in Brooklyn, bro. Packs it out, dog. 40 people in a barbershop. He packs it out so well that he, he can charge $7 tickets, BYOB, in a barbershop after hours, right? And it went so crazy. He does a Friday night show and a Saturday night show. They both sell out. You have to be there thirty minutes, at least 30 minutes before. You're not getting into it. This isn't the improv or the cellar. This is a barbershop in Brooklyn. And he brings really good comics, and uh, he let me go up and do a 10-minute set. I did really well, and... Five people from the audience follow me on Instagram, and they follow all of our shit and watch all of our channel through and those because they're fucking serious. They really there. support comedy. You know, like everything out there. I, I think. I mean, I haven't lived out there, but it feels like it's more on a schedule. You know, and like you're not Everybody's fucking. Nothing's too. by mistake out there. You know, like. Like, out here in California, it's real easy to stumble upon a show. Yeah. Like, if you're true. walking down an alley, you're going to find the High Tonight Show. Uh-huh. You're just going to randomly see right it. Here, bro. But in New York, you can't just randomly oh, see no. shit. You have to, like, plan it's on it. It's because of the, the, the public transportation. Right. The, the like, metro's on a schedule, so everybody's on Yeah, schedule. ain't no accidents out there, so yeah. everyone's there to see you. Yeah. Like, they fucking, they, you know, there's a very tight schedule they got going on, so they're going to fucking... I was so surprised. Like, I walked up to this barbershop, and I couldn't even walk in the door because it was so packed. I was like, yo, this is the show? I'm about to kill this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And a barbershop. Like, there's bar comedy shows that have alcohol there. They can't even get 10 people. And there was 45 people packed into this hot-ass barbershop to watch 15 comedians, dude. Because he just kept throwing people up because people didn't want to leave. He just kept throwing people up. And I was was one of the last two. So it it was amazing. It's amazing atmosphere. New York City comedy is just... I'm a go, man. 
You got to. After you're there for at least a couple months, I'm going to go. I'm out there, bro. It's only like um, 30 hours <laughs> or something oh, like that. I think it's like seven. On, on car. And, you know, we can hit y'all Texas can along take, the way. Y'all can Texas out there. I can, we can hit my parents' What are you talking place. about? Driving there? Y'all want to do a goon what trip? What the fuck? You want to fly out there what? first class? What do you no, mean? No, <laughs> I said first class, bro. Damn, it was... Driving there is like a fucking two and a half hey, days. Hey, man, if you're going shit. on tour, you got to go on tour. You got to hit the states along the way. Everyone we know. That'd be cool. That'd be get cool. Get the destination and hit back, you know? You got to make it worth it, dude. It's a real life fucking, you know, that's what we are. We're performers, man. You don't want to fucking that's, skip that's, all over that shit. You gotta, that's true, bro. Damn, man. I don't want to go to like these racist countries, bro. Man. No, you do. No, I don't, yes, bro. you I'm do. A- you want to go up there you want to talk about your one Mexican states. nut. In you front know, of a bunch of hicks in, in, the, in, in Arkansas. America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see how that goes. You, <laughs> you hear that? Good, you hear that, Sharon? That boy said he got one testicle. Exactly, <laughs> bro. You got to go to the fucking Bible Belt with your material, Roger. That's what it's about, dude. I go there when I'm more established. Yeah. Now, now, now we're gonna just how, like pass how by. How do you think you get then, like, established? So white dude's gonna be like, "You gotta hey, get there." Ain't that a Mexican? Yeah. All right, catch me, <laughs> catch me in the parking lot <laughs> after the show. You are the Mexicans, Mexican man. You scared really the shit out of. I tell that all the time. I was like, dude, like this <laughs> stereotypical like picture of a Mexican that they try to like describe to you. That's what Roger. You're gonna like. be fucking their white daughters too. Like, you're, just, <laughs> you're what Fox News is afraid of. Nah, you're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and Darren are what Fox News are afraid of, too, so you're not alone. <laughs> nah, you guys are wrong, but <laughs> Y'all are exactly why they want to build that wall. That's, what, yeah. that's why Darren's joke about like him being ugly doesn't work. Bitches were like, hitting him up after they're like, nah, you, you can't pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but these chemtrails, though? Yo, man, fuck this. Nah, man. Uh, the thing about chemtrails is that uh, they're not real. The streaks in the sky are just for you know, to block out the, the sun rays. That way we get less global warming. You know where we always see chemtrails? Off Etiwanda right by season. I know. I don't know why. Anyway, bro. like wherever we're there, we always look up. Chemtrails. All the time. It's just like they just like spraying the students there. They're like, all right, man. Did you, ever, did you tell Victor uh, what happened across the street from see sun? <laughs> nah, nah, wait, wait, talk about that, man. <laughs> Ain't nothing ever come to this What happened? <laughs> nothing. Let's go ahead and talk about it. No. There was one lady that told us not to smoke pot by her house. There you go. That, 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 that's amazing. That she leaned so bad. Bro, she leaned out her window. She was like, "Yo, don't smoke pot by my house." And we were just like. Okay. She said pot? Yeah, she said pot. I'm like, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Wow. And, like, so we just moved up, like, two parking spots, so the smoke probably eventually made it to her house. Yeah, <laughs> really? But at least we weren't in front of her house. We weren't in front of her house, though, That and that's what she said. She didn't say smoke weed by my house. She says smoke weed in front of my house. My dad's a lawyer. I know how to look into words. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting that, dude. That is such a good thing to have. Yeah, Your dad's bro. a lawyer. Yeah, bro. I got, that's why I tell that joke, bro. That's why I can't be a rapper, dog. Like, my dad represented me in court, nigga. It was like, <laughs> dude, I can't man, rap about that's shit. That's a real deal. You know, lawyers are in it to win it. Like, they represent bad people all the time. Yeah. yeah I, like, it's crazy. Like, I'm, one of, I'm a criminal my dad has represented. Yeah. <laughs> he real was guilty, shit, but bro. look. Not really. Yeah, bro. I, I, yeah, man. You usually fight harder for 
guilty people. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you got a good lawyer because they fight harder. <laughs> Wait, yeah, dude, got all, got my weed charge adjudicated. You know what it's called? Adjudicated? You know what it's called? That's so racist. I don't know, bro. That sounds like so. It's where it's like completely expunged from your record. Hey, I had a, hey, I had a good lawyer, bro. <laughs> it was almost like I was related to it. <laughs> I should do that joke like that. I'm like, yeah, bro, I have a really good lawyer. He he fights for me like he's related to me. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's funny. the type of representation you want. Look at us writing stand-up jokes in here. Yeah, that's what this shit's all about. Dog, I've been so Joe Rogan said that, dude. He said so much of Basically. his. Last like special came from, from the conversations Dude, I, on his podcast. I fuck, I fuck with Brendan Shaw really hard. I really like Brendan Shaw. Like yeah, UFC, UFC fighter turned comedian. Like grinds like he's like an open micer, bro. And so like he was saying like he's doing he's doing a Showtime special next month. And so he was doing his thing. He's doing his thing for Showtime. Is behind the scenes where. Um, he kind of talks about how he's preparing for his special and everything. And he was saying how he does two podcasts. He does The Fighter and the Kid with Brian Callen. And then he does one with Theo Vaughn every now and then, too. And he said doing podcasts with really funny comedians that are good writers like Theo Vaughn and Brian Callen, I'm coming up with bits in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, as a newer comedian, but I still have to I have all these fans, so I'm going to do a special and all this kind of stuff. It's really good to have that because then I can go back, watch it, and write that into a bit, and then it kills on stage. Hey. But it's just like, it came out organically. You weren't like trying to force yourself to make a joke. You're just having a conversation with other like-minded, funny people. So it's just like, the, it's crazy. Like The more you just talk, the more material you're going to come up with. Because you'll think of stories you've never thought about and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's crazy. Because, like, Randon Shaw is really coming out with, a, like, a, like, a lot of material really fast. And I think it's because he runs two really good podcasts. And two see, really good. And then he gets up a lot, bro. He, gets, he tours, yeah. like, fucking all over the country. Yeah. And Australia, too, man. He, wow. like, yeah, bro. I bet bro. they love his ass out there, man. Hell yeah, bro. He's badass, man. And that gets and through he that just, shit, dude. Like, he just shot his special, too, at a, a for Showtime. Yeah. That's going to come out. I Next month. Yeah, and all of his fans have heard that, you know, like they, mm-hmm. as they're listening to him, like the old school way of thinking is like, or oh, if someone records my set, it's over. Yeah. Like, no, nah, man, you could record it three, four times. You could record one joke, three, four different versions, and then have the special it's, with that same it's joke. Super tight now, though. Exactly, and your fa- anybody who who cares about you, who buys your shit, is yeah. gonna watch all of those. Because they want to see it. it in its final form. And that's that mm-hmm. new shit right now. It's you know that's how you release a single and an album. Hell yeah, that's, that's gonna be yeah. just like musicians. Because yeah, because Chad, Chaz Carter and I, fellow goon, we did it at our first TV taping together mm-hmm. last night out in Ventura. Congrats! And I was, thank you so much. It was so. So fun, which man. channel? Uh so it's for this big. It's like this big comedy website called NotYourAverageComedy.com. And it'll be on the internet, and uh, I think you can watch it free with ads and everything. And so it'll be streaming live on that. And like I was thinking, like, yo, this is dope. I'll finally get to see it in like a real form. And then those jokes that I did on that, I can make them better now. Because you don't have to stop just because you recorded it doesn't mean you stop making it funny, you know. Definitely not, man. Uh, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz talk about like a bit not ever being finished. That's good. That's he, a good way to think about it. 
Because, like, as you progress as a comedian, you always get funnier. And then you're like, yo, I didn't think about that tag for this bit two years ago. And then now maybe that tag makes it, like, a whole nother five jokes that you didn't even think about. Because now you're, like, a year better. Yeah, because every year you're going to be funny. If if you're consistent, you're going to be funnier the Mm -hmm. next year. And it's fun to play with that old shit. Bring it back. A a joke that you thought of when you weren't as funny. Yeah, because you couldn't figure it out. It's amazing. You're like, oh, man, this retard didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) You know? I, I thinking of your old self. I have two new bits that I'm doing a lot now that I came up. I came up with my first year, but they just weren't good yet. But now they're crushing because I'm two years from that point. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy how like your brain can just get better and then go back and improve something you wanted to do a long time ago, but you weren't ready yet. And there's no reason to give up on it. Why? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah. an old because the goal is just being funny. I think we overthink a lot of things sometimes. Like, oh, it's already out there, blah blah blah. It's like, no, I bet I feel like fans even want to want to know how can you make this even funnier than it is right now. I when when I'm at like open mics, I definitely notice like when a comedian like adds another tag to the joke because we're around each other so much. And then it just makes it like that much funnier, like, and you notice like, damn, that's awesome. Because that's what Arthur did last night. Because I thought that I was, heard all that shit different ways. In different ways, For bro. The and past the way two he, years I know him. He flowed into it, and he or he did that joke before it. And so, like, I thought. I thought the special was fun for the fans, the audience, the regular people that showed up. But I feel like it was most fun for us. It was like homework for me. Because man. for mm-hmm. two years, notes. we've watched him tell versions of all most of those jokes. Mm-hmm. And I would have never guessed that all those put together at would every single mic that I had ever seen him at for the past two fucking years that I've known him would ever add up to an hour and 20. No. It didn't feel like it that. It didn't feel like watching that. Watching him at open mics yeah. three minutes at a time. Yeah, three minutes at a time, performing in front of four people, and he added all Every of that Every fucking night. You know? And so I, that's why I thought, I was like, yeah, I bet this is fun for the people that bought tickets, but, like, us goons have been doing this thing with Arthur. It's most fun for us, because, like, we've seen the whole entire process. Like, I've seen Everything. him, I've seen some of those jokes bomb before. <laughs> That's why it was so special to me. Like, I've seen him do a joke and nobody laugh at it because it's a shitty open mic. And then it crushes in front of 70 people in the theater. Like, that, that, it just made me feel like I'm experiencing something so cool right now. It's like, it's like an out-of-body experience almost. Because oh, yeah. we've been, we've, we've kind of been around this material. Like, I, he did jokes last night that I've given him notes on. Like, hey, do this tag. And so that makes you feel good to be like, yo, something I said to him made it into his special. And I feel like all the goons have a moment like that with that material that he just did because we've kind of been around that material for two years too. It's that yeah, difference bro. between like it was a practice and the game night. Yeah, you know, it's like it was like watching like a basketball player just go off for like sixty. We you were know watching him practice. You know, that's all every day. Been. Lift weights, you, you run, forget because eat, that's right, what you, all that stuff. You yeah. practice then, more than you actually perform. Oh my gosh! You know? so that way you so you forget, right? You know, like that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's what it adds yeah. up to. Yeah, and that's the shit that people don't see. Hell yeah! Have you ever done a show and like a joke hits really hard? You're like, oh shit! Yeah, I forgot. Like that's funny. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like we do these open mics and we perform in a garage to it, and you just get so <laughs> numb to the joke. <laughs> and nobody laughs at it. They're just looking at you like, all right, get the fuck off the stage because like, I want to do my shit. Yeah, you've said you said that, that shit, shit last night at 11 o'clock. You said it 11 different like, ways. Have you, like, I remember one time person. I felt like such a piece of shit. I did a joke, and I saw a nigga in the audience mouth my, <laughs> mouth my fucking punchline because he had seen me do that same like bit. Like a song. And, like, this nigga was this nigga do my doing the lyrics to my joke like it was a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> I was mad as fuck. I was like, nigga, did you just mouth my fucking punchline? He's like, yeah, nigga, I see you do it for three days straight. You know, like, so I was like, damn. But then you do it at a show. Like, that, that joke that I'm talking about did it at the TV taping last night. 
crushes in front of a room with 200 people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. glad. I'm glad. I overdid that joke to the point of me getting tired of it in front of all these comedians because it's paying off right now in front of people that paid to be here. Yeah. And so, like, it's just it's crazy how stand-up is like this. We want it to go like this, but it's like this weird up-the-mountain journey around all this kind of thing, and it's all mm-hmm. about just telling the truth of what you think is funny. And that's yeah. what it comes down to, and you working it out so it can be as good as possible. And, like, what Arthur did last night, hey, you could tell he had been working on that shit. Working, bro. I'm surprised. It was amazing to see him do an hour and a half. I fucking. It didn't even fit when he said when y'all said he did an hour and a half. I was like, no way. It didn't feel like it happened. I messaged the goon. You did. You were like hour and counting. I was like, hour just Arthur just hit an hour, (laughs) y'all. I messaged all y'all. I I did it for Caesar because he wasn't there. Yeah. I wanted Caesar, and I was like, yo, Arthur's doing something. Because I because I remember when he first told me, he was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna do thirty. I'm like, why? (laughs) <laughs> you do 30 in garage mic nigga like <laughs> do it an hour people are, people are <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know he didn't know he didn't even know dude he didn't, he didn't, he didn't pull a blunt out whenever he was hour. done and he said it all he's like how long I do y'all <laughs> he didn't know he, and he wouldn't have known that's yeah. how it feels when you How's do that door open? my what Is your front door open why I didn't take a piss. What? <laughs> 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 I, I didn't take a piss. I, I wasn't supposed to get rid of this shit because they're badass motherfuckers. No. You know, but I got to take a... All right. Is it wrong? Yeah. yeah. Oh Yo, man, God. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to piss myself. So the point is that... Did you want to end the show? It's like an hour. No, nah, bro. We're about to keep it rolling, <laughs> bro. You, guys are, shit, you bro. guys are bad motherfuckers, man. We're oh, about to keep Jesus. it going, bro. Let me make sure my phone's still going. Ah! Jeez Louise, it is. Hey, you guys are bad motherfuckers. We on some Joe Rogan shit today. We said we wanted to do at least two hours, bro. I guess we are. We want to do the longest podcast in Channel 310 history. Okay. (laughs) You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? We got a good chunk of it on my phone now that I fucking deleted it. We're going to have most of the video, not all of it. but I have hours free now that I deleted some shit. But yeah, we're trying to make the longest podcast in Channel 310 history because it's single to my Oh. <laughs> Take over. What are you talking about? What am I gonna do this alone? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Nah. Wait till Roger gets back. Right, wait till you Roger can't gets both back. pee in my bathroom. I'm not gonna pee in your bathroom. What? Yeah. It's daytime. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. You catch a charge, bro. Hey, it's already, I already got charged. Nah. What? Don't no. You didn't. What do you mean? When'd you do that? Hey, go to Papa. Oh my Papa. gosh. Papa. I guess. All right. I guess we're taking a break then. <laughs> We don't have to take a break. But it's just like, last night. Come here, Papa. Last night was dope, though. Last night was amazing. Like, I've never seen that many people support an independent live comedy show. They should all be proud of themselves. They really should. Like, shout out to everybody that came through to Arthur's special taping last night. You, You made that happen because I think... He did so well because it's like, yo, how can you not do well? You have the theater packed to a brim. All these people here to see you. And so if you were an audience member last night for Shut Your Ass Up, you're part of the reason of why last night was so magical and so funny. Because I think the energy you brought to Arthur, he gave right back. So, I mean. He worked hard for that. Yeah, dude. That's what he wants, you know? There's a lot of people who do a lot of different things in the world, and that's what we grew up to be, you know? That's what we're supposed to be doing. We couldn't. 
You know, like we're just following like, right. what we're supposed to that. Arthur can't, you know, Arthur, you know, he's not going to be a fucking manager at Domino's or some shit. No. He's a fucking performer. And last night he did that. He's going to be doing that for, you know, forever. You know, that's what he was supposed to be doing. I'll crack it up when you say manager at uh, Domino's. I remember one <laughs> night at Garage Mike, you were hosting and you went on this whole tangent about following your dreams. Because you were just, and you were talking about how, like, Follow your dreams is bullshit, and it was so hard. You're like, I could have just been a fucking manager at Domino's yeah. and, and been stupid. Why do Why do I have to want to do this shit? And I was, bro, I I laughed so hard till I cried. You said I could have just been a manager at Domino's. Why did I have to want to do shit? Because it's a curse, bro. That's hilarious. You gotta you add know? that to your bits, bro. Because there's no that is so funny. Like, there's no one asking of this. You know, no, no one asks us like, hey, go perform. Hey, I want, I want I want jokes. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like you have like, to, no, you have I, to, to I, be a performer, you have to be a little delusional. Because no one asked you to do because that. Because no one begged you. No. <laughs> basically, with stand-up comedy, you're telling how you feel about stuff. No one gives a fuck how you feel, and you feel important enough to write a funny joke about it. What? You have to have. You have to be kind of delusional to be a performer. To take it so far as to make it deliverable, and, and you. And you have to be kind of cocky in a way because you're like, yeah, I'm so good. People should pay money to see me do things I came up with in my head. Like, isn't that crazy? To when you think that about you're it, you're so clever. You're so creative. To, when you think about it, that's really a crazy thing. Hey, I think of funny stuff in my head. You should pay five dollars to come listen to it. Right? What the fuck? <laughs> like that's crazy. Because what people prefer is someone who's naturally good at that. Exactly. Not someone who works on that. Yeah. For a decade. Right. You know, quietly with exactly. their head down. And you just and then and then like when you think about it, entertainment is so weird. Papa, go get the ball. Go play. Entertainment is so weird that entertainers we feel like they should pay to watch we'll us. Pick it around there. But then when you think about it. When people feel the way they feel when they receive that yo. form of entertainment, they're like, yo, this was worth the $5. This was worth the $10. And so at the end of the day, it's what we're supposed to do. So you have mm-hmm. to have those kind of like narcissistic adjacent beliefs or you're not going to achieve what you're going to achieve. Like, And those the, thoughts and those beliefs, like we don't choose them. No. It's like a sexuality. Yeah. Whenever I came really out is. as a comedian, it was a, I was ashamed. I was like, I don't want this. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I'm I didn't a comedian. choose this, it was, like, but it was I'm, full speed ahead because you felt like, like it's I, something I told you my had parents. to do. Like, I told my parents, I'm like, I, I got I to gotta tell y'all. I'm a performer. I'm sorry. I want to be famous. I'm That's sorry. Crazy. I told my. I did that with my parents too. I sat them down. And I said, "Hey, I'm dropping out of college and I'm doing." Yeah, this. Like, I know you want me to be a manager or like you know corporate. Get a degree. Like anything. Anything but this. Can you, <laughs> be real. Could you even imagine yourself working a corporate job? No, I. I. It would be bad. It would be bad for everyone who loves me. You know, like for my family. Even if I was, like, providing, they'd see how, like, dead I was. (laughs) (laughs) And it would affect them, you know? It would affect them, you know? At first, they'd think maybe handle it for a couple years, but after a decade of just seeing me just fucking just wither away and die and just fucking... I'd rather be broke doing this shit (laughs) than make six figures doing some corporate shit. That that you hate that makes that, you shit blood. That's true, but, that, <laughs> but then I just feel bad for my family. I'm like, I'd rather do that corporate shit because then my family can eat right now. You yeah, know? ain't that crazy? But they, yeah, I mean, they're eating, but they're looking at you, and they just and they don't respect you. No, nah, they won't respect the shit out of me, bro. Which is <laughs> <they> <laughs> right. That's the fucking truth, bro. Fucking immigrant parents. I got immigrant parents, bro. The main 
same thing as like, yo, man, we gotta get this house. There's nothing noble in that. I don't know. I've nah, seen bro, that, that that road has been walked down a hundred times already it has by been, everyone but, before me. But hey, and man, I, I got, saw how they ended up. I gotta represent, bro. They all got divorced. Angry, bitter, working jobs they don't like. They they're just mean people. That's true, but and you, they're you, upset and like I, they got I, everything going for them but happiness. Uh, I'd rather fight for at least just being proud of myself. A, a fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, just it's just gonna take some extra time, you know. Once and you know. everyone else, man, because we we on the way. Because you know? I, I feel like with, I feel like with comedy is more of a patient. I think with any mm. art form, comedy is more of a patience thing. Mm. I feel like you can not be that good. But over fifteen years, build a certain, a certain skill to be a good comedian. A certain audience. You can't you can't become a good singer in fifteen years. You either got it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? True. So like, I, but I think comedy is just one of those things where you have to be patient and know like eventually it's just gonna work out. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have that confidence in what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I I mean we we see it all the time just in like comedy store regulars and headliners they just they just stuck with it you know mm-hmm. that's and literally all it takes man that's yeah, Kevin Hart's thing dude that's, that's also Jay Leno's thing bro yeah that's what I want to be too man Jay Leno's got all of his money off of his fucking touring mm-hmm. and comedy separate from everything he made on the Tonight on the show, show yeah. And like he, they're both very like wealthy amongst their own. He hasn't even touched the shit from touring. Right. He only uses his Tonight Show money. That's crazy. That's what I want to do, man. That's amazing. And just to pass it off to somebody, but I'd still keep going. I'd still do my own shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd I'd be happy to pass it on to my son if you ever wanted to. Do that was thing, that man. is that is gonna be an interesting thing when Night Tonight Show becomes a franchise. Awesome, who's gonna be the the second? Why not, host? bro? Why not? Why not River? You know, we need. Why some not nepotism. put on your own kid? You know what I'm saying, bro? Get, making millions. What what med, like what legal marijuana looks like twenty years in? We don't even I'm know. So established. Isn't it crazy? He's gonna be twenty two. Yeah. In 20 years? Yeah. And it'll be 20-something. I was 22 something. two years ago. It'll be 20-40-something. <laughs> the year 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 something. I'll be 44. And the internet will be, be just like thoughts. And like, you know, everyone will be connected, like hardwired and shit, wireless. What do you think River is going to be like as a, an adult? I don't know, man. I'm already so proud of him. I don't care. I hope he's gay. <laughs> I hope he's fucking like rich and shit. He's a and good he's, kid, like, Super bro. like just chill. He's you know? a really good kid. And he's got everything. You know, he's got a good. Fa- he's got a family that loves him. Y'all do good, you know? with him, man. And uh, we we give him plenty of attention. We want to give him like at least a couple more siblings. Okay. You know, his okay. mom wants three boys, and I was like, you know, oh, she wants Jesus. a whole squad, bro. Oh, she want a she want a football team. <laughs> she wants three boys. I like, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a roll of the dice, man. Yeah. You know, I was hoping for a boy with him, and it happened. I think that fat dudes have boys. Really? Yeah, because like skinny fighter dudes have daughters. I really and want a fat, daughter. Fat, jolly dudes have boys. That's I'm not. Theory. I don't really care about having. That's a theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I really. I don't know why, but I really want a daughter. I don't really like. Candace does not want a daughter. Really? She's like, I want one so that. bad. She remembers how bitchy she was to her mother growing up. Oh. And she's like, I do not want okay. that shit. I'm not gonna deal with that. Like, That's hilarious. I will fight my daughter. <laughs> it's like no. All right. Slap fight. And the girl's more expensive. Yep, They're for sure. They're more expensive. They are. Like, generally. But I don't know what it is. I, I really want, a, like, a girl. Like, I really want a daughter one day. They just water down your genetics. 
You know, really, they don't pass yeah, on the like, last name. Exactly, like fuck it, you're gonna, you're forgotten, like you're a fucking dead end, is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro, because like I don't know, it's something about. It's, I think I feel like it's something about having a daughter. They like a daughter is gonna take care of you in your old age. Well, a father daughter relationship is something that's exactly like, man, it's, it's, it's been something special on for a long time. It's got yeah. a lot of strength. Similar to the mother-son. Right. It's just it's, like it's, fucking... It's interesting with the cross-gender relationship between, like, the parent and the child. It could be detrimental if it's not, like, if a father isn't present to a daughter. Yeah. That's what makes hookers and That's fucking... what makes... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, nigga! <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same oh, time, no. an overbearing father makes a very slutty girl. Yeah. So, you it's know, a it's a very thin it's line. <laughs> Uh, you know, because, like, the, the fathers who are like, no one touches my daughter. She's sucking everyone's dick, yep. you know? Yep. And, and, and at the same time, it's like, fucking, if you're not there, she's she's getting paid. Because I think it. there's something about, even mm-hmm. though you do have that masculine, like, tough exterior as a man, exterior as a man, I think you still need, as a boy, you need that nurturing from a mom. Like, you've yeah. got to have that shit, you know what I'm That's saying? why I'm not looking forward to That's it. That's why my welfare was an asshole, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was mom. Yeah, no, that's real. It's funny, but mom, that's real. Dude, though. moms are nurture. Moms they are. are soft and like. And it. I think moms also build confidence in you because mm. you come home as a child, and there's somebody at home that you know always supports you, always thinks you're the best. And your mom, there, it's very few moms that are telling their kids negative shit when they get home. Dude, you know what I'm saying? They, your mom they, yeah. always tells you you're the best. You need so them. I think that builds a certain confidence. Even if they're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> even if they're crazy. <laughs> but it's just like, I think moms build a sense of awareness and sense of self within you as a child. You my, yeah, my dad to always told me when I was little, he's like, I could have kept you, but I let you, ha- I let your mom have you. Because huh. I knew that she was That's necessary. beautiful in a way. Like, because when they got divorced, yeah. she's the one who fucked up, right? So, like, he could have kept me. But wow. he decided, he's like, no, he needs, he needs like, his a, mom. A, a son needs a mother more than a father. Wow. He's, he's a cold dude. Like, he, you know, That's if I grew up with man. him, he I was like, been, He was I, just like, man, I'm going to be blowing loads yeah. of bitches. You don't need to see any of yeah, this. Yeah, I, 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 I would have <laughs> I would have grown up a colder, you know, like different Fuck person. Fucking savage, yeah, bro. Yeah, it would have been very different. Yo, Jerry Davis, give us a light, bro. We got, <laughs> we, we, got, we got 13 more minutes, bro. Because, look, bro, we want to talk about, yo, Niles is going to New York, bro. It's a fucking pleasure to have him here at the Roger That podcast because he's, he's going to be in New York, man. What you doing out in New York, man? Let him know. Oh, uh, well, uh, I write for Comedy Central. Hey, that's what's I up. Do. Shout out to Comedy Central. Comedy Central is the label. You are crazy. a Comedy Central writer. Yeah. I know a Comedy Central writer. Hell Isn't that yeah, crazy? I can say that. I can say yeah. that now. Last night they said it at the show, the taping, and they're like, uh, come to the stage, now it's absent. He's a writer for Comedy Central. I like, it kind of like, it hit me really hard. No one can I was take like, that. I've never, because like, I've talked about it, but I've never heard somebody say it as a credit as a credit and when he said it i was just like and chaz was like "Woo!" like turn me on you know and i was like dude like i'm doing this shit you know what i'm saying like i'm really it's been an amazing experience man and like it was crazy to just hear it last night that's amazing and so it kind of like it kind of it was it was a weird moment it like culminated into this like moment of celebration but yeah dude i'm doing this i'm doing a web series with Comedy Central, 
It's called The Night Pigeon. It's hilarious. First three episodes are on the internet right now. Go watch them. Watch it right now. now. After you watch this, go watch it right now. Yes, please. The episodes are only three to four minutes. Uh, They're on the Comedy Central Facebook page, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. So you don't have an excuse. They're everywhere for free. Go watch them. It's really funny. It's about a black superhero that doesn't have superpowers, and he hates his day job. (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah, so like, and Roy Wood Jr. plays a parody version of Luke Cage named Luke Rage, that is like his his superhero mentor, and it was so fun to shoot because like Roy is the reason why this is happening. Um, he 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 proposed the idea to the network like, hey, let's do a spinoff web series of a sketch because I wrote a sketch with Roy. Uh, about black superheroes that went viral. It had a million views on Facebook in within three days. Damn. Yeah. Woo. Crazy numbers. And it did so good. They were like, people were like, yo, we want to see this more. And so one of the main characters from that, he, he uh, Manu and Hart, really funny comedian, really mm-hmm. funny actor out in New York. He plays that character, Night Pigeon. So And the funny thing was, we didn't even name the character Night Pigeon until right before we shot the sketch. He didn't even have a name because when you when you make a parody of something, so we were making a parody of Marvel, lawyers and legal have to approve every single time you use names. So we couldn't even say the word Hulk in the sketch. We couldn't say a lot of things. And so, like... We were like, uh, so we couldn't say Falcon because he's he's obviously a he's obviously a parody of Falcon, Anthony Mackie's character in the Avengers. Uh-huh. And we were like, uh, uh, what's stupid? Uh, a pigeon. Uh, <laughs> he's black. He's black. Night pigeon. And so we were like, all right, we're gonna go with night pigeon. And so we went with night pigeon. The rest of the sketch goes viral. And then literally three months later, we're doing a web series spinoff of this character. We literally just made up on a whim. That's so cool <laughs> with comedy, bro. Like you can just make up stuff right there on the spot, and it turns into a franchise. You know, and so like, yeah, so we did the web series and I'm really happy for uh, Manuin that plays Night Pigeon because he was just like a guest star on the sketch and now he has a whole web series named after a character he's playing. He kind of came out of nowhere and he's an up and coming comedian in New York. So like playing Night Pigeon next to Roy, who's a legit star right now on The Daily Show and with his last special, you know. Manuin's gonna probably become a star too and so it's kind of cool to be able to say like I wrote that role for him you know so like he he I'm excited for him and just like the web series as a whole because I think you know if we if we do really well with the numbers and people watch it we'll get seven more episodes and so that's what I really want definitely go watch that shit it's already gonna get seven more episodes because it's already gotten like fucking half a million views in like two days yeah as a whole for the series we've already passed a million views on Facebook so I'm, I'm hype as fuck, dude. Like, I, I want, I want those next seven episodes because I want to do some crazy shit. I want to add some new storylines and create some new characters and all that kind of stuff. So I hope, I hope we get those seven. So y'all go watch that shit. Support, please. It's, it's funny too. It's, it's hilarious. I saw episode one uh, yesterday. It was cool as fuck. I'm gonna watch the. The other two, and uh, I'm also gonna read the strip because I got the homie Niles Epstein uh, here. What's good, bitches? Yeah. <laughs> because that's that, awesome. and, and that's the end goal with these kind of things. You know, I want to get to a point where I'm making stuff with the goons. You know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah! And we all know how to write scripts, and we all know how to put things together because mm-hmm. that's that's the end goal is making cool stuff with your friend. Hell yeah, bro! And on that note. Victor Martinez, you got any plugs, bro? What you got, Man, bro? the Heights Tonight Show season finale is coming up in two weeks. We're going to be planning for that. Um, be on the lookout. And 
and uh, you know, season four is gonna be coming back strong in the fall. <laughs> He's got his water right there, man. Mom's on the way, and uh, hey, man, Garage Mike Studios. We're gonna be having much more productions in here. Roger, that's gonna be in here every fucking Sunday. Hey, Garage Mike, Roger that. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Bro, Roger that is dope, dude. Like, just, you guys, just, you guys are awesome. Bro. Just checking this out, bro. Like, I know one day. Roger that is gonna be like one of the top podcasts in the country. Bro. Yeah, bro, and so I was gonna be like this, man. Forties and smoke, bro. Forties and smoke, because Roger, you're like, you're a really good podcast host, bro. Like Thank you, man. you just I have you have a gift for like, kind of like guiding the people you have on the podcast to tell a story, or just kind of like even when you're like you don't even talk for a little bit, you kind of like guide the conversation, like say this, you know what I'm saying? So like you're really you're really good at the shit. You can tell like you definitely listen to other good podcasts and put it together for a while before you even started yours. Yeah. So it's just like I, I definitely see this as something that's gonna be like you're traveling across the country because people want to come to a Roger that because they listen to it in their car every day on the way to work. You know. Hey man, I'm attracting all the fucking stoners, all the drinkers, and all if you want to say some psychedelics, then we gonna get fucked the, up. Scholar listeners, scholar listeners, rock and roll, hip hop, all that good shit. And uh, thank you, man. I appreciate, it. especially you guys, man. The the guests mean a lot. Jaron Davis, Niles Abson, Victor Martinez Jr. My godson right there, River. Hell yeah, yeah. River Sky Martinez. Rio. <laughs> Rio, yeah, Rio, uh, in Spanish. Yo, so uh, now is any plugs before we uh, end this? Um, definitely, please watch the Night Pigeon on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, please mm-hmm. follow me on Instagram at, at the Niles Abstin Show. Um, we got a lot of cool things going with Channel Three and O. Um, we're gonna start Lila's live show here in June. Uh, we got more things with Planet Black coming soon, so please check that out. Please check the cartoon out. Check out um, Planet Black. Yeah, please. And then just, you know, f- and just keep following our journey. We're really doing this thing. About to go to New York and do that kind of stuff, so check in. I might start I might start my own little podcast, something like that, to cover that. So, yeah, just be checking in with me on that. And then follow me on Twitter at, at Niles100. So, yeah. Hey, Niles Abstin. Cheers, bro. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Martinez, you're a badass motherfucker. Terry Davis. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Roger That episode. I forget. You guys are awesome. Cinco de Mayo edition. Cinco de Mayo edition. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hit the button. Hit the button. Thank you guys. That was the longest production in Channel 310 history.